clearly. What's going on, guys? Uh, we, I am switching stuff over. Go ahead and talk real quick, Hustle. Let me make sure they can hear you. Hello, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. So I you hope should be able to hear us out. We do have a um a guest. I don't know if he's gonna show up because I think there was a a a confusion on time frame because he is on the West Coast, and I said 4:30. I need to remember myself to inform some of these people that yo we are on the East Coast. We ain't about that mm -hmm. that West Coast stuff. So he might show up during the podcast. Uh. It is what it is, you know. If can't if he doesn't show up today, you know, we'll get him another time. Uh, you know, Travis is a good dude. I liked him. I actually really wanted him on because I feel like Travis will be a good mixture with us. You know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, yeah. But sure. you know, at the end of the day, uh, if it's something that he's got to be able to do, and you know, something might have changed. Uh, you know, he he does work for IGN, so I'd assume things could change at any moment with him. And I tried it again, but I don't know. Maybe I have to restart OBS. I don't know. But you know, we we still here though. We still gonna get this show on the <laughs> on the going, man. Regardless of what happens, the show must go on. Uh, as you can tell, I do have like this Genki chair. I don't know what happened, but my chair broke. Like the little part right here broke. So I have to replace this whole bottom piece. Uh, so I'm in this Genki chair that's uncomfortable. Thank God I only have to do one chair. I hope to God I don't have to do IOP at this. Like, it's been sent for, <laughs> but you guys know how that is. It takes a minute. I don't know how long it's going to take before it actually gets here. Uh, people were commenting on this on, on IOP, talking about my uh, my Hero Cup. You know, I like this. I might go get another one. There's actually um, a Dragon Ball Super Cup with uh, Goku and Ultra Instinct. So... I might, I might do that, man. I might do that. But mm. appreciate everyone coming through. It's the Attic Show where we talk about the past, present, and future of gaming. I got my co-host with me, Hustle and Motivate. What's going on, Hustle? Oh, man, not too much. Not too much. I, uh, I mean, look, I, I know you saw that. But for the people in the chat, hey, I just did like a video. So I'm kind of coming back to YouTube slowly but surely. 
did a video about seven things that we need to see in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. So, y'all get a minute. Y'all go check that out after the podcast, of course. Outside of that, I'm doing well, man. I'm just losing my mind. I'm, I'm playing, um, I'm getting ready to play Gears 5 for the first time, the uh, campaign mode. As you know, I got like 130 hours in that campaign, and it kind of will lead us into a topic that we will discuss a little bit later in the show. How about yourself, man? Doing pretty good, man. Uh, I've actually been playing, um, pretty sure I could talk. I mean, it, the review comes out tomorrow. I don't know. Oh, maybe I should oh. read the embargo. I don't know. I think you should. Um, what, I'm playing. Uh, yeah, I'm playing. There will be a review coming tomorrow on this channel. Um, I think I'm lying to tell you guys because it is on the VR. If you if you follow me on Twitter, I think you could tell what the game is. Uh, we we actually had the developers on a couple weeks ago, so you know that, oh, okay. that that's a pretty good pretty good thing. See, I can't even this chair don't even latch here. Like it makes it come back. So oh, it, it, okay. it's it's unfortunate, man. It's unfortunate. But I appreciate it for coming through, man. You know, we already got 27 likes, 72 people in here. Hit that like button if you guys don't mind. It helps it get to the algorithm. Uh, you know, podcasts be struggling, man. The thing about podcasts is we don't have weekly videos on this channel for the most part. So to get the algorithm is almost impossible. But when you guys hit that like button, it really does help, man. It sure helps. Uh, so we got a bunch of stuff to talk about. We're going to talk about the expectations of Xbox in 2022. Uh, we did see, uh, did you see the meltdown this morning on Xbox Live Gold that turned out to be a completely overreach? Um, what, the $120 thing? Yeah, so that turned out to blow up in people's face. Uh, then we got PlayStation buying more. There. There's a lot of rumors out there going around the PlayStation buying this, PlayStation buying that. You guys know how I am when it comes to talking about acquisitions for those of you that says it's a dead subject and people need to stop talking about it my youtube algorithm says different you know the best videos i have on youtube hustle have to do with studios being bought by someone else hey, that's the best hey, I videos that. i have I so mean, people want to see it man so now I, I feel that and um yeah jim ryan we'll, we'll, and we'll get to that too we'll, we'll get to that I, I i like that topic though i don't got an issue with that and then we got the Unreal Engine 5 showcase. You know, I don't know. Did you see the little showcase thing where they show uh, Coalition, what what certain games look like in next-gen hardware? Apparently, Crystal Dynamics is making a new new Tomb Raider. Um, you know, it's kind of crazy the, the change in direction that the Unreal Engine 5 is going. Like, how many games? Mm -hmm. Even you see people like The Witcher changing... Uh, CD Projekt Red changing their uh, engine to the uh, Cyberpunk, uh, not Cyberpunk, to Unreal Engine 5. Oh, so oh, it's kind of interesting. You know, we got, obviously, if I see something unique in the chat or you guys super chat, we'll talk about whatever you guys want to talk about to a point. And obviously, I try to keep the show hour and a half to two hours. I never like going past two hours. Unless it's something, like, drastic, we might go over two hours, but we rarely do. But anyway... Hustle, what do you want to tackle first, man? You want to talk about... I want to save the Xbox one for last in case, uh, you know, Travis pops in. But, you know, what do you want to talk about between PlayStation and Unreal Engine 5? Well, since I just installed Gears 5, let's let's talk about that Unreal Engine real... Uh, you know, Unreal Engine 5. Pardon me. Words are hard sometimes, y'all. My, my bad. So, what I didn't know, and um, I'm glad you sent me this information beforehand, this, this is the same engine that they use for the uh, Matrix. For yes. that Matrix demo that had just came out, I think it came out in December or something like that, or was it January? I'm not sure, but it came out late last year, earlier this year. 
joined it like a movie. So I, I, I kind of sat through it. I couldn't watch the whole thing because I was at work. But they said it was like a billion triangles and they can make everything like photorealistic. And they literally, I don't know how they fra phrased this or how they framed it really, but it's like you can have like a, a quick action, like a quick time cutscene, like during, you know, you can have like, it's like a quick action type thing during a cutscene. But I said, well, we already got that. But the way that it looked, like that Matrix thing, like, I'm upset that I missed it. I know Slow Mo played it. I think Solve had played it too. I'm not sure I if played he played it, it at it. Yeah, I... it. The joint looked crazy on stream. I'm like, it looked like a movie. It I'm looks like, cool, yeah. but I'm done with let's make stuff look more cool. Let's make. I, I'm more interested these days in gameplay engines and features in the engine, such as like the Nemesis engine. I want to mm -hmm. see more stuff like that. I'm tired of let's make stuff look prettier. Let's make fire look more realistic. Like I want to see AI overhaul in general. I want to see AIs be able to, you know, pick up on, like, you know what annoys me when you play like a, like a stealth game and they see you, they look for you for a couple seconds. And if you like get away for a certain amount of time, they just stop aggro completely. They, they go back to their normal routes. And I'm like, so I guess you guys think I'm dead. Like, I guess you guys yeah. think that I just left. Like, like, you scared me so much, I just bolted and ran. Like, that's what I want to see improve on. And I get it that that's going to take time. But it's just like, mm -hmm. how much more time do we have to keep giving? Because it feels like graphics just keep improving, but nothing else around it. It's like the foundation's growing on a house. Like, we go to third, fourth, fifth story house. But nothing mm -hmm. in the house looks nice. Like, Oh, no. <laughs> Said we got a nice house, but the house got roaches. All right, Attic, hang on, hang on. Let me let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. Well, I, I feel like the reason why you see what you said, let me answer that question first, is because the market dictates that, right? The first thing that any of us see, I'm going to say this too, the first thing that any of us see, oh, damn, pretty graphics. Sandy with, like, Naughty Dog. Oh, I get it. so realistic. It's that, easier to sell graphics than, than gameplay mechanics. Yep. But my thing 1, is, yes, my thing is, can we try to at least get both, like to oh, a point? Please. Like I honestly feel like Shadow War and Shadow Mordor look—they look good games. Like, sure, mm -hmm. they might not have been the greatest looking games, but I don't think by any means they were horrible looking games. You know, Cat mm. Daddy said, "Beautiful trap house." <laughs> but facts. Hey, like, go ahead. Go ahead. I just—I just prefer to have like you know, and I was really annoyed the fact that um, WB. They copyrighted. They put a copyright and um, a trademark on, on the Nemesis engine and how it functions. And I'm just like, mm. stuff like that annoys me because stuff like that prevents us from going forward. Like it's like they showed up behind closed doors and just snapped their finger and froze that whole rail. When you know, let's say Microsoft would have been able to, to incorporate some form of Nemesis engine to where you know uh, during Halo Infinite. It worked their way up with the grunts and and, and the chiefs yeah. like and then that weird hitman system they had going on there with the target system that could have been actually good. Mm. So it, I, I mean I I feel that but Attic you know it has its pros and its cons. The I'll say it's not even really a con for me but like one of the pros if if I created the nemesis system right is that you got to pay me to use it like I created something like I literally created something and I understand that we see the benefits of having something like open source, like like an Unreal Engine, right? We see what the benefits are because we see like studios like the Coalition, for example. Um, the people who made a vow, they use that too. A lot of different, you know, other studios use it too. But like when I see when I see a Gears 5, 
it makes me hype for a Gears 6 because Gears 5 looks looked amazing. Even the multiplayer, like even the multiplayer. And that it actually got me um it got me back on a mission. I mentioned it earlier. It got me back on a mission to uh <laughs> reinstall Gears. And I'm actually gonna play the um the single player campaign for the very first time. Because I had played Hive Busters and and that joint was looking that thing was looking official, man. I'm not finna hold you. It, it was looking official. So I, I look forward to, to see what type of inno, innovative stuff they can do with it. But I know you said you want the AI stuff. Hey, hey trust me, man. Me too. Because, like, yeah, it, it's been times the way I've stealthed. I was, I think I was playing um, Uncharted. I stealthed and then got away. And I got a trophy for that, too. I stealthed, got away, and came back and got a whole trophy for it. But, yeah, it's just like they just forget that you're there. Like, oh, we, we heard something, but we ain't hear nothing, I guess. The, yeah, it was probably nothing. <clears throat> and maybe it was the win. But, now nah, I feel that, though. I feel that. Yeah, but, the they, but they won't um they won't innovate on the gameplay the yep. interesting part is let me go ahead and bring this over here now for those of you that's seeing this you know uh feel free to uh ride along there uh hustle i'll send the link to you in the chat this is the studios to my knowledge that's using unreal engine 5. now i'm not saying that this is going to be like the end all be all because obviously we know people are going to be changing this this list uh but what, what's really cool about this uh let me go ahead and uh send you send you this yeah i'm watching it on screen too hustle okay so what what i like yeah. about it is you know look at all the studios that are using this you know you got supernova i don't know who those are do you know who supernova is no sir i have no clue i, I have no clue sadly then we got Exile, which is interesting because they made Wasteland 3, uh, Ninja Theory. So that's two Microsoft Studios, mm -hmm. three Microsoft Studios, four Microsoft Studios, five Microsoft Studios. Upsetting it over here, right? I, I think I already counted. Okay, let's let's do it again. Okay. All right. One Microsoft Studio. There you go. Two Undead Labs. I didn't know they were making that Undead Labs. Um, so we got two so far, three, four, I think, I mean, there's clearly more for five. All right. So it looks like six. So we got seven Microsoft studios cause coalition obviously is uh, working on it too. Oh, uh, seven double fine. Uh, I, there's just so many on there, man. Yeah. Double fines right here. So, I mean, we, we got a lot of Microsoft Studios using the Unreal Engine 5, which is interesting. How many PlayStation ones? Um, um, Haven. Haven Studios is the one that foot with Jay Raymond, correct? So, we, I guess, yeah, we got this VR Studio. Mm -hmm. um, Remedy. Well, I, Remedy's not theirs, but they, they it seems like they've been doing a lot of work with them. But I think Remedy actually has a, a job with people now. Mm, okay. They, they have a oh. job with... Um, with that, uh, that, that Asian company, uh, Tencent. Yeah, what's interesting is that right here. So it's like two studios making Unreal Engine 5. Just two. And then one of them is VR. Now, obviously, Sony could buy some of these that's in here somewhere. Uh, but what's mm -hmm. interesting is I honestly feel like Unreal Engine 5 is going to be like the, one of the next key pillars in gaming. You know what I'm saying? And oh, for sure, for sure. It's, it's kind of... It's kind of crazy to see so many studios jump on it from Microsoft. You know, a coalition, understandable. But then you got, like, CD Projekt Red switching to it. So, I'm just interested to see if 
Sony's tools and engines are going to upgrade to the standpoint that Unreal Engine 5 is, if that makes sense. Because Unreal Engine 5 is a very strong uh, tool. And I think one of the reasons so many people pick it too is it's easier to naturally gravitate with your talent, with everyone else, when you come from Unreal Engine 5 to Unreal Engine 5 and not necessarily come from anything after that. So, you know, Mm. if you work on, like, custom engines... And then you go to that. So it's a little bit different for that. So, you know, that's the biggest thing that I really got going for when it comes to that. But, you know, what do you think is, do you think that might help Microsoft? Because I do think that low-key, mm-hmm. mid-generation, like 2024, 2025, I think you're mm-hmm. going to start seeing a lot of games from Microsoft look really, really, like, detailed. Because so many studios are going with Unreal Engine 5. And I'm not saying that God of War's next game ain't going to look good. I'm not saying that, you know, uh, what's um, what's the engine that Horizon uses? Mm. Um, the Decima uh, engine. engine. I'm not that, saying that's that. That's crazy. Gary. I'm not saying that's not going to look good. But all I'm saying is, are those, are those engines going to be upgraded to the capacity that looks like Unreal Engine 5 is? And if they don't upgrade those engines to that to that fullest, are we going to start seeing a little bit more of a difference? Because one thing that Sony's always had is they've always had the nicer-looking games by far. But mm-hmm. I think that as long as the developers do what they're supposed to and do their job, you might see a little bit more of that of that you know scale come to, to the middle a little bit more. Uh, we got a $5 super trap from Don Otaku. They didn't even add Arcane and Compulsion who are also using Unreal Engine 5. So that's two more studios. 11 really? studios are using Unreal Engine 5. Okay. It's, well, it's, it's insane. Well, Attic, let me answer your question first. Well, before I answer that question, um, breaking news, y'all. Uh, Remedy, they're remaking uh, Max Payne 1 and 2. Yeah, I just saw that. Yeah, so that was the thing. And they're using myself. Unreal Engine 5. Yep, they're another one who, who's using that engine. Um... As far as uh, will will PlayStation's uh, engines evolve? Yeah, uh, the Decima engine ain't nothing to be played with, ain't nothing to be trifled with anyway. And um, as we know, Gorilla they got they had help from uh, Kojima with Death Stranding because um, they let them use the engine. Kojima, uh, yeah, Kojima had found out some new things, and they, you know, they passed it back on, et cetera, et cetera. So those engines, those engines, in my opinion, will get stronger. Now that Naughty Dog engine. <laughs> You play Last of Us too, right? If you saw how I look, you know how I look. Yeah, what is that yeah, engine not... called? The Naughty Dog engine, apparently. Yeah, I know J- Jack had put me on game about it, but it's Naughty Dog engine. They got their own engine. Yep. So those things are just going to grow uh, in time anyway. And, and, and I uh, was, there was a rumor like three or four months ago. I, I think you remember that Sony was looking to buy Epic. And yeah, yeah, I was saying because I made it a big deal. I was like, if they buy Epic, that's going to be a devastating blow to Microsoft. And people's like, oh no, it won't. Like, if Sony buys them and restricts the access that certain developers and certain publishers have with the Unreal Engine Five and Unreal mm-hmm. Engine in general, like imagine Microsoft just losing the engine that they've been using for years. Like, it, that would be devastating. Like, I don't even, that would be more significant to buy Activate, uh, to, to buy Epic and make them lose probably the biggest tool that developers have right now, which is the Unreal Engine 5, than it would be to buy Activision and take Call of Duty. That's my opinion. 
Well, Attic, let me let me disagree with that. Um, if they were let's because that was a rumor that, that was kind of flying around. If they did buy Epic, they wouldn't restrict anybody from using their engine. Actually, it, it would kind of be like what we were talking about earlier in regards to um, oh my God, the studio just slipped my mind. Um, the, with the Nemesis system, it would be something like that. They probably just like nah, you can use it. You just gotta pay. That's all. They probably just they just charge and they'll be like a little hefty fee. But like this is open source. Like yo, I didn't know this, but when I first got on Steam, I didn't know that you can get that engine for absolutely free. You can get it for absolutely nothing. Like you it's, can download the joint. It's not about whether or not a studio would do that. It's about let's okay, let's put it this way. You know, most likely they would never do that because they want to make money, and I'm pretty right. sure that. Microsoft and Sony would work together in some kind of middle ground to use the Unreal Engine. But if mm -hmm. Sony bought them, they have every right to make that decision. And regardless what people seem to think, that is a decision that might happen. Maybe not a whole, maybe not a hundred percent could happen. But if it mm -hmm. were to happen, it would be a devastating blow to Microsoft. Imagine, like, I, I don't think they could stop the games that are currently being used for Unreal. Like, they would still make the next, uh, um, the next Gears, because it's probably being made now. But after that, mm -hmm. Microsoft would have to come up with another solution. And please, by all means, tell me other solutions that is just as effective as the Unreal Engine 5. And I know that we got the Slip Space Engine, the Forza Engine, the ID Engine, but we cannot act like those are more diverse than Unreal Engine. Yeah, we're not going that that respect to the people who respect the three four three because, but that slip space engine man like if, nah, I, and I get why you you had to make a their, your own engine. I get why you want to do that, but no, 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 it's not like certain things are on a certain level. And yeah, we talking about gears earlier. Listen, man, you talk about the masters of the Unreal Engine, and that that ain't me talking. That's Digital Foundry talking. You know, because I know y'all <laughs> like John Linneman and, and Ledbetter and the rest of those guys over there, man. But yeah. That's that would be that's that's crippling. Like that's like a crippling thing. And this, I, but I, I still I still think it's extremely dope. Like it, what I saw from that whole presentation, though, addict, because I never I, I never saw like the the Matrix thing. Like I saw bits and pieces of it, but I never like sat down and watched it. And then it, during that video, what they also show, um, they had like a multiplayer thing that was already like ready readily available. It was like, hey, if you want to make your own multiplayer, we just put it in. We got three different stages. They, they they spoke on like difference with the sunlight, um, when when the sun shines and the shadows move in different places, and if you want to like do uh, a multiplayer map at night, you can do it at night. But you can have uh, it's a, like a a purplish orb that's like glowing on the inside, and the walls would and it, these were white walls, so the walls would change the, to the color of what the orb is. That that joint was dope, man. I'm not even like I'm not no. No tech head like that, but it was just like sitting back watching that type of thing. I just can't wait to see what what all the companies do with them. Um, especially Haven, since uh, and, and I'm not making this a fanboy thing, but Jim Ryan and the PlayStation bought Haven off the rip, and if that's the engine that they're using, I can't see now. I can't wait to see what what they're coming up with, because if they bought them immediately and that's what they're using, and from the information that I gathered today, like I think it's going to be a, a quite an amazing technical feat. So like I said, people in the chat are bugging, man. Yeah. First oh, off, man. I, I I looked it up. Like Epic is worth like seventeen to twenty billion dollars. Don't mm. think that Sony, if they wanted to, they couldn't get that money. You know, sure they might have to, you know, put out some loans. Uh, you know, probably borrow money from people like Tencent or something. I don't know if they mess with Tencent like that. 
But I'm pretty confident that if Sony wanted to, they could get that money. Now, it's not as easy as Microsoft. Microsoft, oh, they yeah. just got to convince a few people to spend some money that they already, that's just sitting there, not doing nothing. But when it comes to Sony, if they wanted to, I think they could easily get that. Now, sure, maybe it won't be a clean buy. Maybe they would have to, like, merge with Epic or something. Like, but I, if they wanted to, they could get that money. And that's all I'm going to really state on that. You know, speaking of PlayStation, we'll go ahead and talk about it, man. We'll, we'll talk about, there's rumors everywhere, man. PlayStation fanboy, let me sit up. Let me sit up. Mm-hmm. PlayStation <laughs> fanboys have been bugging here recently. And I'm not, you know, apparently um, people are moving days of their podcast. You know, I think Greg Miller did it. Uh, they, they're oh. moving it here. They're moving it there. I, because apparently last week, all week, every day, it was every day, Sony's buying a new publisher. Uh, one day, I, I think it was from software. Uh, now, we can talk a little bit about uh, that. I don't know if we talked about it last week, but we can talk a little bit about that. Um, they were supposed to buy um, uh, Konami not, uh, and then and then Capcom. And then I'm just thinking... Wow. Like, it's like I said a minute ago, they could buy these companies. Like, people need to stop having, just because you're not as rich as Microsoft doesn't mean you can't afford stuff like that. You could easily do it. And with the relationships they have with these companies, they could probably have a better chance at buying some of these companies than a company like Microsoft. Because Microsoft is an American company, and I'm sure there's a lot of friction when it goes to the Microsoft and some companies over in Japan. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's 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 kind of i know cat daddy i think i think the the go to when it comes to buying a company is that you want to buy them what they're worth and then you want to add what they would make in 10 years i think that's the way it was described to me like you know if they make 17 billion dollars and they average like 2 billion dollars a year or something like that you would give them an extra like 10 to 15 billion dollars on top of that uh, but I, I don't know how that goes. I'm not going to assume that. Uh, just like you guys are assuming Sony wouldn't do something like restricting access to uh, Unreal Engine 5. Like, it, it kind of... Besides Bungie, Sony has no problem doing stuff like that. Now, it, you can argue if they would do that. Because it is an argument. And I would say there's a good chance they wouldn't restrict access to something like the Unreal Engine 5. But all I'm saying is, and if this is theoretical, because the whole damn scenario is theoretical, first off. If they mm-hmm. were to do something like that, I would think it would be devastating to Microsoft because they would have to find new outlets to make their games. That's besides the point. I'm not going to read the chat anymore. All right, but, you know, when we come to the PlayStation, out of those studios, who do you think would be the best purchase for Microsoft? Out of, um, uh, out of From Software, Capcom, and Konami. And I think Square Enix was one of them too. I don't know. I don't know which days it was. Every day it was a new studio that's supposed to be buying. Yeah, well, I'm gonna. Well, hold on, Capcom. But I'll get back to that. Capcom is the best. You said for Microsoft to buy? Or for, no, for PlayStation for PlayStation to buy. To buy. Oh, Cap- Capcom hands down. Um, Monster Hunter out just doing doing numbers. But I do want to say this. Um, shout out to Greg Miller. This ain't no slander because you, you know. But sometimes you gotta hold your L. Um, he had a little gift and he was. I think he was pounding a desk or something. Said I'm gonna push that. I'm gonna push back the podcast. P.S. P.S. I love you. Whatever. So I was gonna push it back to like Thursday because stuff might be happening. And I'm like, all right. Well, what the hell might be happening? And then it was, and it wasn't just him. It was other people too. So I'm just looking around. And I think that might have you know, been more of, oh, Greg Miller did it, so I'm gonna do it too. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, I guess, I guess, and you know, again, you know, Greg, if you, you're more than welcome to come on if, if you want to, Greg, you know, but yeah, no, nah, sometimes you got to hold that out. It does, but that that was just more of a thing to where it was like, I, I think a lot of times, and I'm not, you know, I think a lot of times people hear stuff, and maybe. I feel like it's a smoke screen for something else. Jim Ryan had came out on, I think it was one of the PlayStation podcasts. Can't remember which one, but I saw that in the article earlier. The way he was like, yeah, we bought, um, you know, five studios in 2021. And we got two this year in 2022. We're going to make some more acquisitions. So uh, when a lot of people was just running around saying, no, you know, they're going to do this, they're going to do that. I don't know where, listen, I don't know where From Software came from, but if From Software is on that list, boy, the price of the brick went up. You, yeah, you know how much you got to pay them that now? price to that brick went up. What? And not to mention, oh, man. Capcom will be mad expensive. Like oh, it, yeah. it would be a very huge process for for a company like Sony to get the funds they would need to buy these big, massive publishers. Like I don't think people realize how much money, really, they that that they have. Like, look, they have a lot of money, but when it comes to something like that, they have to really, they have to really. I wouldn't say penny pinch. But it's something like you have to convince the board that you want to spend this kind of money. And when it comes to Microsoft, like I've said multiple times in the past, it's easier to convince a company and the board members to spend money that's just sitting there devaluing and cost, too. Like, you know, yeah. the, the cost of the dollar keeps going down. It's easier to convince people to do that than it is to convince people that, you know, this might bankrupt your company if it goes sideways. Or, or at the very least, put them in a bad situation. So it's it's interesting for that. Now I'm on the the side that I think that Sony doesn't need Square Enix. I know people are in the chat saying, uh, you know, Square Enix would be a good buy, and I can understand where you're coming from. That I actually, if they were to buy any of these, I think Capcom would be the best choice because I feel like mm -hmm. they would put a kind of a a wall up on the uh, the fighting community. They would get Street Fighter. Um, now, obviously, there's still because Bam Namco makes a lot of head-to-head -head fighters, and mm -hmm. I'm hoping they're making the next Killer Instinct because there's a lot of rumors going around about that. But it would be interesting. Like, I'm just curious how much money Sony's willing to put out. Like, mm -hmm. and people keep forgetting. Like, you know, they try to buy the company that the the parent company to. What's that company called? Uh, that that game called War uh, Warframe. They tried to buy that company, oh, and it, okay. they were in the bidding for that. They were in the bidding for WB Games, uh, and we're mm -hmm. talking deals. It's in the billions, not the millions, in the billions, with a B. <laughs> and, and they were trying that hardcore, but it's like you know when you're in these kind of bidding rooms, you're in the with Google, you're in this bidding rooms with Microsoft. Obviously, the person selling can pull out as well, like. If they don't come up with something they want, they're clearly going to pull back themselves. So I honestly feel like Capcom would work the best for Sony because you're, you're cornering a market that you don't really have. Now, you have it to a point because you own, like, Evo. You'll get Monster Hunter. Square Enix is going to put games on my on the, on the PlayStation platform regardless if they go multi-plat for the majority of their games. I don't think right. you have to mess with that. But when you look over here, you got Street Fighter. You will get the Hunter, uh, the Monster Hunter franchise. You, you'll get a lot of stuff. And I think Capcom makes Resident Evil. Like, imagine yeah, if Resident Evil went multiplayer. You know what would be crazy? I know this would you never happen. Exclusive. 
I know this will never happen. But once that they bought Capcom and they let Naughty Dog make the next Resident Evil. Hey. No, that, that I honestly like feel like Naughty Dog were. would make an amazing Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's and it's just that too. Um, yeah, Capcom is the most like desirable pick. Uh, we didn't mention Konami whatsoever. <laughs> like, we didn't mention Konami whatsoever because who wants Konami? Much, I don't understand yeah, that, that. Like, I saw I saw it floating around. I was like, Yo, why them? Like, of all people, like I get you. Got, you got some IPs over there, like C- Castlevania. Like, I get it. if you want that IP, cool. But that nah. Nah, and then, like, and for the record, y'all, they don't make, uh, they don't own Ninja Turtles no more. Um, because I would, I probably would have said that because I'm a big Turtles fan. But no, they don't own Ninja Turtles no more. <laughs> uh, Nickelodeon does, so it's not, that's not Konami. Konami's making the the remakes and stuff, but that's in conjunction with Nickelodeon, by the way, because Nickelodeon owns them. So, nah, so Konami is up out of there. Um, about that running the best the ones that you pick for that job, because you pretty much got the king of the fighters. Uh, that ain't no pun intended, by the way. But you got the king of the fighters in Street Fighter. That's it. It's the pinnacle in, in a lot of people's minds. So, nah, you you got them. And if if I'm PlayStation, <laughs> them, them the ones you make a play for. Hey, Attic, I don't know if you remember. 2012, Capcom almost went bankrupt. They, they almost they went did. Up. It, it, you it know was, what's crazy? It was the, over. <laughs> yeah. the 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 180 that that company has done in the past mm-hmm. few years. You got to respect mm-hmm. the man. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of a lot of Capcom games. Now, I like Resident Evil. I'm a fan of the Resident Evil franchise, the Resident Evil lore. I've played them all. I, I'm actually one of those people that I feel like all Resident Evils are good. Even 6 is an okay game. It's not an amazing game. It's definitely one of the worst Resident Evil games. But I don't think Resident Evil 6 is dog. Like, it's horrible. I just think it's one of the things that maybe they should have focused on one of the stories and not five individuals or four, however many was there. But it's just like, look, mm-hmm. like, I think Monster Hunter is a, a pretty good franchise. I think they would do well for that. Now, I know, obviously, Nintendo, they're probably out there looking for stuff, too. Um, <laughs> Cat Daddy, you could buy Konami for $40 and some Applebee's coupons. Yo, Cat Daddy, you got some Applebee's coupons? Yo, hit me up! No, I'm joking. Look, it's just like, I get so frustrated with people. It's just like, I don't understand why people find Konami so valuable. Like, I understand, IPs are good. But clearly the company's not doing anything with those IPs, ever. We've seen over and over again, they, if there's the one thing that Konami knows what how to do, is drop the ball. Mm. It, and it's just like, I, wanna, I just want to see their IPs be used. Like, I know a lot of people don't like this game, uh, but I don't know why. It, it was Castlevania Curse of Darkness. It was, it was mm. a game that was about the, uh, about the people that worked with with Dracula, yeah, they called them innocent devils. Like I really mm-hmm. enjoyed that game, and you know, it actually, you know, the Castlevania TV show on Netflix right now. I haven't seen it yet, but I know what you're talking about. Well, the main char- one of the characters on there is named Hector. He's he he, he uh, he's pretty much he controls innocent devils. He is the main character on uh, Castlevania: Curse of Darkness. Like he's literally you he plays him. And, and okay. you know, it's it's just interesting that look. I'm not saying that they're not a bad studio. I'm just saying in terms of gaming now, the studio is isn't what it is. Like their their IP is probably worth more than Konami. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, but that's the that's the thing. Like when you when you get that, you get that for game preservation's sake. I mean, you you could buy and have 
have a Naughty Dog, you can have a Gorilla, you can have whoever work on the next Castlevania if you want to, or like you can. But you would you would buy them for that purpose. But like that's the least desirable one out the out the crew on that one. Um, especially when they they just release their games. Like I said, if you're not gonna make nothing, if you won't make anything new and you just solely want it for the remakes <laughs> and remaster, you you kind of just you let that stay where it's at. You let Konami just do what they do. So. Yeah, no, no, but but Capcom is that's that's the the front runner as far as I'm concerned. Because like I said, Monster Hunter, I, I didn't notice, but apparently that's their best selling franchise. Who yeah, Monster Hunter does really good. Who owns Mega Man? Is that Capcom? Yes. Yeah, yes. I think Mega Man needs something. Uh, who owns Sonic? Uh, uh, Sega yeah, owns Sonic. Sega. Yes. Uh, yeah, I've always personally felt like when it comes to, to Xbox, I'm more competitive. I want Xbox to buy Sega. Because I feel like that would that would close a lot of loopholes when it comes to Sega, uh, when it comes to Microsoft, uh, and then you know you could theoretically the sky's the limit. You could you could spin off the Sega into a, a, Xbox Japan, like mm-hmm. Sega is in charge of Xbox Japan. I mean, there's so much stuff you could do with that. Uh, you know, if they if they don't get Sega, I think Square Enix would be the best studio for uh, publisher for microsoft to buy uh if they bought set if they bought square enix which i don't know if they square enix would ever sell to microsoft uh, but imagine mm-hmm. if they bought square enix they effectively took away every bullet in playstation's gun <laughs> like <laughs> yeah but well at that point yeah um if if it ever does come down to it we can i speak on the sega thing for a minute if it ever does come down to it then it means you'll have persona they want like not even just Persona. Like, I was playing um, Super Nintendo last week. I was playing a game that you may not have heard of, but I was playing a game called Super Widget, which is made by Atlas, which is, uh, a, you know, I, I just dated myself, but that that's that's fine. Atlas has been around for so long, and you do have a lot of history with, with that organization. So there's there's a lot that you can, like, draw from that. Um, I would be focused on making, like, new stuff. If, you know, because, oh, my God, Microsoft has the studios now. They got the studios now, so... You know, they can divvy that up. And the same thing with PlayStation. You know, they got the studios now. Do they want to, you know, bring something back? They can bring something back. Um, I tell you this, you know, and I don't want to derail it too much. What Microsoft does need, they need their own version of a Bluepoint Studios. They do. They got a lot of uh, stuff that I feel like they could really um, use for when it comes to that. Yep. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it, it seemed like that's like the next step for for Microsoft, because it seems like they got everything else together. So, that just is what it is. It's just my opinion. I do think, I, I do think games like Resident Evil Two, Three, Final Fantasy Seven remake. I do think that they redid the term remake. I don't think you can get away with doing mm-hmm. remakes unless <laughs> it's on that level anymore. Like now, I feel like if you do something and it's not to that degree, your your stuff is a remaster. It's not a remake. I don't care what you did. Like if you don't thoroughly remake a game your shit's a remaster like yeah, in my mind um, it, it, it's not, like no no i was gonna say no no capcom definitely raised the ball when it came to that because like i said we was just talking earlier they, they was on the brink of a extinction for lack of a better term <laughs> they like a better phrase like it was it's about to be over and then they came you know they came searching back so i don't know man i i, I think if i'm no but if, if i'm playstation you get capcom and i want to drill that point home you that's what you get if you don't get nobody else no, at no other time, that's what you get. I don't think that they need a studio like Bluepoint, but I do think uh, that they got so many studios. I feel like 
they could they can make their own games now. But like Sony has that studio to do exactly what that studio does. But I think mm-hmm. when you got thirty plus studios and including Activision, obviously it could go through and it was not that but when you have that many studios, I feel like you don't need a studio like Blue Point because you always have at least one to two studios that once they finish that project that you could present them with that. Okay, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? I think that's the reason you don't really have to go into that. And, you know, you could easily... I think, me personally, I feel like it would be an amazing idea if you start co-developing games between the Microsoft Studios. If you start having, like, um, Obsidian and Bethesda co-develop a game. Like, Mm -hmm. sure, you don't even have to have the main studios. Like, you know how they all like to say the B-Team, A-Team? Yeah, Start yeah, yeah. having B teams work with each other. <laughs> yeah, how about that? Because I, I feel like, like two B mm-hmm. teams working with each other might make a better te- game than the A teams with both those studios. I I'll be willing to put some money up. They won't be able to. But um, who was that? Luke Skywalker in the ch- yo. Your name is crazy. Um, you said you want to see Diablo, a Diablo style <laughs> Golden Axe. And hey, listen, they tried to remake Golden Axe. Um, I don't know if y'all saw it, but there was a demo, it was a playable demo out called Golden Axe. Which you know they kind of made fun of themselves for um, for canceling the game. It's it's like a three minute demo. I think it's it's not even one level. I think it's just part of a level. Um, yeah, people don't want Golden Axe no more, man. And I, I'm the retro cat around this joint, but people don't want Golden Axe no more. Man. That, that's all. What? I'm sorry, sir, but that's all. Yeah. You know, we've completely went off subject a little bit, but that's okay because yeah. uh, this is kind of dry week anyway. What what would be like your dream? Okay, I'm not gonna take old games because I don't really know too much. Like you, mm-hmm. Cognito King, you guys know that old scene more than I do. But what would your dream studios remaking some of your favorite games be? Oh, okay. In a, in a dream scenario, I do want to see. I do well. We're gonna see Perfect Dark being remade. But let's say the co. Um, but let's say um, the initiative wasn't making um, wasn't making that game. Me. A perfect dark remake made by the coalition in terms of the third person uh, studio. So I'm, I'm going to give PlayStation that credit too. For me, once again, Goldeneye made by Naughty Dog would be like my PlayStation like equivalent to that. Kind of the same game, but not really. Yes, but you would turn it into third person. Naughty Dog, I know for a fact, would have more of a narrative like lead. For a golden eye game, which would be dope. It'll probably be their own original story, which you know, you know, we not know the dog get down. They're the masters of storytelling. Um, the coalition, I, I, I trust, I, I will trust them enough for like fun gameplay, regardless of what people may think about their stories or whatever. That that gameplay, and they know how to push a female character to the forefront, and they know how to make it dope, um, like, like, like they did with KD. So, I would trust both of those studios with both of those two franchises. How about you, sir? How about you? Um, I would want think I think um what's that company called? The one that just made Psychonauts. I always forget their name. Um, d- Double Fine. Double Fine. I would like Double Fine to be made by I think they would make a perfect Banjo Kazooie. Mm. I, I would like for them to make Banjo Kazooie. I actually thought Dead Space would be a someone to remake Dead Space. I've said it a couple times on ILP. But I would like Dead Space to be may be made by Ninja Theory. Mm, because okay. Dead Space is more about like the mental struggles of Isaac, like especially mm-hmm. two and three. Like in three, he's literally having full blown episodes, and I feel like that would be a really good thing to go for because you could see Ninja Theory knows how to make that type of game. 
Uh, we got a one a two dollars super chat from JC Carmario. I you know I butchered it. We're gonna move right past that. FF Nine remake my dream. I, I think isn't that one of the one of the leaks that happened that they're making a FF Nine one of those AMD leaks or something. Travis really? is on his way right now. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, I think, uh, and to be honest with you, you know, we'll stay on this topic because I don't know if Travis wants to talk about the Unreal Engine thing. We, we might revisit that briefly. But, you know, I, I honestly feel like they they could make that. Now, Final Fantasy Nine. the question I have to you in the chat, anyone that wants to, you know, uh, gravitate towards this question is, do you want them to go like a Final Fantasy Seven type of way? Or do you want them to stay in that same kind of, turn-based are that turn-based scenario with that they that they did in final fantasy now because i feel like nine had a very good turn-based structure and seven did too but i feel like nine had a really unique one as well so i'm kind of curious if you guys want them to keep that kind of uh, mentality or not uh definitely put in the chat there but you know what any other studios you can think of any other games oh um you know what? But I, and I've always said this too when, when this question kind of comes up. I say Naughty Dog again, but I want them to remake uh, Metroid. Metroid? Samus, yeah, Super Metroid. Yep. No, Metroid Prime. There we go. I want something with a story. Metroid Prime. I think I think Naughty Dog could do that. And they'll make it third person or whatever, but I would want them to do that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, if we just, if we really just running around here picking, um, ain't nobody else going to rock with this one, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, Animaniacs had the game on Super Nintendo. It was one of my favorite games. You know, I, I, I want, um, who, who's the dude who just made Kirby? But um, Sakurai, I want his studio. I like for his studio to remake Animaniacs. Animaniacs was a game that was made by um, Konami, for the record. And, um, you know, one last one, man, um, wait, which I just had it. I oh, got it, it just went away. But, you know, that's fine, that's fine. But I kind of want, like, I want some of the older stuff to come back. And um, Attic, I don't know if you know this. Animaniacs was was one hell of a game, though. You, it might be it might be before your time. Look, I'm I'm gonna hit you with a download. A lot of the things dog. you talk it's, about it's, before listen, my time, fam. I know, but you got to go back to it. No, it's, it's 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 a fun game, man. This is back when um Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis had like two different complete versions of games because Mode Seven was the thing, and that um something that Sega didn't have um eye processing like the eye processor whatever that was called it was something that super nintendo didn't have so they had to make two games this was third party companies making the same game but they had to make two different versions of it oh poor you know people will lose their mind if that happened today I, I i just want to say for the record people will lose their mind if that happened today turtles in time is another one that really comes to mind they had different they had whole different levels in there at it same game you know well not without the same game but like same franchises right completely different levels so, nah, but that's I know it's just some of the some of the ones that I, I want Naughty Dog to remake a lot of stuff. By the way, I think that they dope. I think that they'll give Sam. Yeah, Naughty like a whole Dog lot of doesn't character. have to remake everything. Remember yeah, the Blitz do. football game? Yeah, yeah, I was just playing. Was yeah, playing Blitz that. football. Yeah. I remember playing that for like the N sixty four. I'm not even a football dude, mm-hmm. but that that was that was that was pretty fun. I, I will say Blue Point mm-hmm. does a really good job at remaking old assets to their original, but bringing it forward to a lot of people. I think they did a good job with Demon Souls. They did a, a good job with um, what's the game with all the Colossals and stuff? Uh, um, um, Shadow of the Colossus. Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, I think they yes. do a good job with stuff like that. Uh, but mm-hmm. you know, we could talk about machine games real quick. What have they been doing? 
Well, you know, maybe we should keep that for when Travis gets here when we talk about Xbox. But I'm very curious what what they've been doing. It's just like when it comes to these studios, man. Like, you know, just just make good games. Like, I I don't understand why people get confused when a studio doesn't like sell well. You know, mm. we've been covering the industry for this long. We can pretty much tell you when games aren't going to sell. Like, it's kind of it's kind of crazy how much we can really see, like the 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 drift in some of these games. I'm not saying these games are bad, but I am saying that it's like one of those things where it's like you look at the game, you look at a game on YouTube, you look at some gameplay on YouTube, and, and you know, feel free to answer in the chat too. Like when you see this, I for one. Yeah, that game's going to do bad. Like, that game's not going to do well. Like, it, it's just like, and if we can see it, the consumer, how do some of these developers can't see it? Maybe they can see it, but I mean, it could be a myriad of. Maybe of, they're um, in a tunnel vision. They've been working on it so I long. Mean, it definitely well could be, yeah, but you know, it could be a myriad of reasons. Like, you know, a lot of things could happen due to budget constraints. It's like a real thing. Like, your funding probably could get cut. It was like, hey, how are we supposed to have. This animation that's supposed to be here, and that gay because we don't got no money. Like it could be one of those things. I mean, it could be turmoil in the office. It, it could be a, a ton of things. Yeah, oh, this is the most. Uh, this is the most setup. I like the setup, man. <laughs> I don't know if well, you hear me in the background. Well, I, 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 I right like now that. I I have him macked out until he gets ready, but you know, mm -hmm. I, I do enjoy things that go on. I I I personally just want to see more when it comes to like playground making fable. I think we're, we're how many years into Fable? Like, we need to see some of that, too. Uh, but, you know, Travis getting ready, you guys. Uh, you know, keep in mind, uh, you know, what, what I what I like about Travis' setup is I like those uh, those Destiny posters on the back, man. That's what I oh, like. That's, oh, right. You got oh, the little right. Yoda set up. Looking at getting the lighting right and everything. Got a $2 yeah, stream trap from Daughter Talker. Remember everyone said... Uh, game of uh, Gog was gonna be bad. Uh, Wait, what's G O T G? What, what I don't, is that? I don't know. Game of, you got to tell me what you mean by that. D does anyone know what those initials are? I wonder if I could Google those. What will, will those initials show up? It's the. Um... Someone, so, someone Google that. And tell me if the Guardians of the Galaxy. Now look, okay. look. When it comes to Garden of the Galaxy, there was a lot of reasons why people thought that game wasn't going to do well. So I, I can understand the criticism for that game. That game is in Game Pass, isn't it, Attic? Yeah, now it is. Yeah. So, I, mean, I hate it's pretty good. I might as well go ahead and, and test that out. Speaking of Game Pass, while we, you know, we await uh, Travis's arrival here. Um, Attic, I, I, I don't know whether to thank you or not, but I've been playing, um, what's that? The Outer Worlds. Thank you for that. Like, oh, you like it? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I just got, I just, I got a provide. Yeah, so we about to go tear stuff up the way that we tear stuff up. So, uh, your template looks a little off. Uh, hey, King, that's uh, we waiting on uh, Travis to come in so we can uh, include him in. Yeah, yeah, it, the template's fine. I'm just waiting for him to pop up, and I'm gonna switch everything over, man. Uh, it, Hello, King. <laughs> I appreciate I you guys being so patient with me, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> the videos behind your pictures. Uh, really? No, I I don't see it. I'm looking at. I said, I'm looking at this live. We, all right. Well, look, I. Right. I mean, it's just a black screen, but look, all right. What's going on, uh, Travis? 
Oh, he's still he's still he's still messing with stuff, man. Okay. Here, can you can you see? Yeah, we we can see you now. Um, hey, you too. So so th- this is where we were, Travis. Because uh, I kind of figured when we started the podcast, I, like, I think I think we messed up the time zones. I think we messed we up the time zones. Yeah, yeah we the time zone. And we didn't talk about, I was like, I, I was actually free at two. If I would have known, I could have I could have hopped on. But yeah, I, for, I totally forgot your East Coast, so I just didn't even check. Yeah, uh, you know, we, we, this is the Superior Coast, by the way. Oh, East man. Coast. Okay. okay. We, we, we don't do that. You know, we, we don't attri- <laughs> we, we don't contribute to the West Coast times. You know, we assume that you guys automatically going to think my time. Because that's, that's, that, that, that's, that's the chosen time. I mean, oh, if we're if we're gonna go off of like GDP, I think like maybe you guys should come to our time. I don't know. They said you're a little low, Travis. Oh, am I? I can fix that. And uh, as you're getting that together, Travis, the only thing that yeah. I enjoy about West Coast time in particular it's is the fact that you releases. guys can watch the soup game releases. You guys can watch the Super Bowl at, at a time and still be able to go out. And if you want to go out, you can go do that. Like yeah, on the East Coast, you guys got a little bit 11, of t- twelve o'clock. It, uh, I will yeah, admit, you guys got a lot of uh, nice little perks for that for that three hour difference. Well, I, I, I lived on the, the game, in the games industry. It's nice because all of the servers are here. So, uh, mm. yep, yeah, yep. We get the, they said you're still a little low. Really? Okay. Yeah. How's that? Oh It'll, try okay. turn it up just a little bit more. Hello. Yeah, you're starting to sound better. Now. I'll turn up uh, the the audio just a little bit too. Uh, so okay, what we was talking about, Travis, uh, is we was talking okay, about. Sorry, I, m- I missed like an hour. I've... Oh no, you're nah, fine. You're fine. Okay, Only man. thing you missed is talking about the Unreal Engine Five showcase. So I think oh, I, cool. I, I think you, you you dodged a bullet there a little bit. <laughs> uh, so we talk about PlayStation. You know all these uh, quote unquote rumors that's going on, Travis, with them buying this and buying that. I don't really want to talk about this. Uh, you know. The rumors themselves, because I think some of them. Now, I'm not saying that Sony isn't looking at some of these studios, but I'm saying that Sony's not buying all these studios. Like, you know, from what I've been told, goes behind closed doors is these these companies are always talking, always like all year long. They're like, yo, you know, they're trying to pull up, yo, would you sell that for this? Would you sell it for that? But you know, most of the time, nothing ever goes through. So, you know, I don't know if you kept up because uh, you know I know you you work a lot over there. So let's talk about. They were supposedly going to buy, I think on a Monday, they were going to buy from software. On a Tuesday, they were going to buy Capcom. And on Wednesday, they were going to buy uh, Konami. And on a, a Thursday, they were going to buy a, uh, a Square Enix. Now, out of all these studios, Travis, what studio do you think would, would what's what I'm looking for, would shift up the industry the most if Sony bought one of those studios? That's a good question. So I, I guess my... Um take on acquisitions is uh, obviously I, I don't think acquisitions are particularly good for the consumer most times. Uh, but if, if an acquisition is going to happen, I would like it to be a, a studio that's been around for a long time and is sort of on its, at what I would consider an acquisition stage where it's kind of stopped innovating and now it's sort of time to go, right? Like to me, the, the Activision acquisition is perfect because that company was bloated and it was dealing with problems from below with its own employees and it was dealing with problems from above from california suing it and all of that stuff um so am i still low really yeah they say you st- i turned you up all the way too yeah i'm, I'm they, pretty high over here they, they so. said you talking soft <laughs> talking soft you, yeah it's a difference well we'll hear you just fine because i can hear you just fine now but um 
for YouTube, I guess Zoom and YouTube don't really play nice t- together in terms uh, of audio. So you might have to turn it, um, turn yourself up just a little bit. Stand by. Alrighty, um, appreciate you. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, what you're saying is acquisitions don't make sense until there is a point where the studios aren't doing what they should be doing naturally. So maybe someone needs to take over to help yeah. push that innovation along. Like, yeah, it's it's like it's like you know if somebody buys your studio then probably all the people with like ambition are going to go and work for, they're going to leave and start their own studio again. I mean, they said they can hear you of, fine now. All right. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so that, that's sort of the um, like their MO. Right. And so um, to me, like, I don't know, I don't know if we talked about this uh, attic, but like I was devastated by the Bungie acquisition yeah. because I, I honestly think Bungie got acquired at the wrong time. They were, finally independent they were growing as a studio they're making all these innovations and then what's the worst thing that could happen to you at that point in the studio or in in a studio life cycle is you can get acquired by a large company that is probably going to cause some kind of brain drain because you know playstation's plan is basically with that studio we're going to use bungie's knowledge on games as a service to help us reach our goal of making 10 games as a service games in the next five years or whatever it was they said and uh, that means that there's fewer people working on Destiny and there's probably going to be people leaving who don't want to be a part of a large organization and want to do their own thing. And so especially you know, coming me, from the Activision thing that they, they might for sure uh, there might man. be a lot and, of people that still feel away. Yeah. And they've never worked well with authority to begin with. They didn't work out with Xbox. Uh, Activision was tough. So I just I don't see it really working for them. Um, and that sort of acquisition hurts me <laughs> when I see a like studio in its prime or like where it's way too early, like Haven. That was a really weird acquisition by mm-hmm. uh, by PlayStation where like the- they haven't even produced a game. And you're like, why Why did you buy the studio? It just seems at the wrong, the wrong time to do so it. So I um, was told something. I don't know. You know, I got to ask you, is this what really sure. did you really say buying Haven is like is like pre-ordering? <laughs> I did say that. Oh my! Yeah. Oh my God! That's if you, think, if you if you th- if you think about it, they're kind of pre-ordering the studio. They saw a really nice trailer of, of what the game could be, but they haven't actually produced any games. They don't have a working relationship together, so it's sort of like they just pre-ordered a studio more or less that hasn't actually produced anything. So I stand by that. Honestly, I I, I think that was a really odd acquisition in, in my. It opinion, is. It, it kind of feels like. They're not maybe necessarily worried that people might buy the studio. They're worried that if the studio takes off after its first game, then maybe the the price like 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 Hustle likes to say the price of the brick going up. So mm-hmm. <laughs> sure, I I would argue that that it's worth the increased cost if you get to vet them for a while. You know what I mean? Because yeah, cause... it's not like it's not it's not like they're not going to make money off of that first game. Like PlayStation would make a ton of money by being their partner and their publisher on that first game, and then if it makes sense, you finalize the deal so i i guess what i'm trying to get to is there's certain studios i wouldn't mind sony acquiring and there's certain ones where i personally would be pretty devastated and one of them is from software like to me Mm. you don't sell your company when you're like leading the pack in innovation and you're sort of like from software could could stand to become you know a large uh powerful uh publisher slash developer and i i would hate to see them get acquired at the time where they're like hot off the heels of Elden Ring and things are going great. Like I, to me, you kind of have to wait until they've settled and they are now sort of like a, a super established kind of like the old guard. That That's what the companies where I'm like, okay, they should get acquired. Like it, it makes sense at this point. They're not really innovating. And, and so to that point, 
I think Capcom probably is a good acquisition at some point. Uh, mm-hmm. Konami probably at some point. Uh, those sorts of companies, if one of those got acquired, I wouldn't really be surprised. And I, I don't think it would hurt the industry really. But a company like From Software, I just, I, I can't see them as, as a not independent company with the way that they're- Because you, you feel like they're the still that, innovating their, their genre. Yeah, still just the way good. that- the way that they exist, I feel like that's not when you sell. You sell when you're at the top of your game. But then again, you know, from software, I think they're owned by someone, aren't they? No, they have a publishing agreement with Bandai Okay, Namco. so yeah, uh, I so, thought that someone said saying on Twitter, you know, obviously I should have looked up uh, facts beside before going along with, with the yeah. Twitter space to say. They do but, have a parent company. Oh, yeah, yeah that's, what, uh, that's what they said. They had a parent company. So, yeah. like, to me, I think one of the only aspects that you would see is you would see a company, it's just, like, you know, privately owned by someone, you know, some of what you saw with uh, the, the person who owned Minecraft. Uh, in mo- like, it's just, like, it's not necessarily about where they're going to take the brand. It's, like, yeah. unnecessarily, like, I'm getting old, man. Like, <laughs> sure. I, I, think, <laughs> I think it's time that I, I, take, I take my money. And, and, yeah. and I ride into the sunset. And I think that might be a scenario that you might see with from software selling where it's like this it the the price of the brick is never gonna be this high ever again. Like, yep. like just, sure, sure, we could go higher with another game that's after Elden Ring, but we can also descend as well. So it's just like maybe I should sell for the most I could ever make right now. But do you think that Miyazaki's in it for the money based off the type of games he's played and his narrow scope of like his vision. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't. just don't really see that as the end goal. Like I, I just, they're like, yeah, I don't know. They're crushing it with as, as they are right now. And I feel like part of their ability to just do so well is that they don't, they don't answer to anyone. They get to make the games that they want to make. And I, um, you do lose some of that independence. Like, you know, Bungie is probably the the one example here where like they have their independence written into their contract, and it's probably not going to affect them too much. But even then, as they say, be I, I don't believe that. I don't, I don't believe it either. Because because like I, here's the thing: like people keep telling me, Bungie is the ones that that decides things, and they're the ones that get the final thing. Acting like Bungie themselves isn't cor- that can't be corrupted. Like, oh, you don't have to convince all of Bungie. You just have to convince the decision makers at Bungie that the way they need to. And people's like, well, then they'll just they'll just cut. They they sold themselves to them for a reason. And I feel like, sure. look, the contract might say this, but when Sony is the one fundling the money, then you could easily Armstrong people. Oh, you know, oh, you don't want to do it. I'm, I'm going to lower the, the money train a little bit. Like, okay, you got $10 billion last year. We're going we're gonna to dial it back to two. You don't like that two? Do what I say, and I'll give you a 10 again. Like, Yeah, I, I'm not so worried about that. It's more, um, it's more that... I just think when you do that, you put pressure on the higher-ups. And then you put pressure yeah. on the people getting money. And then the people getting money that, you know, the developers want raises, the people that they're trying to keep with retention bonuses, you got to keep yeah. them happy. And it's going to scriggle up the batter and, the, and then they're going to end up going, not maybe not necessarily. I do think that the Bungie thing is going to benefit Destiny because I honestly personally feel like don't. maybe Destiny, but I don't think Destiny... Let's say that, you know, I brought this up, Travis, and, you know, we don't really talk a whole lot. Uh, I listened to you on Last Word, and me and you, sometimes we go back and forth on what we agree on, but believe it or not, we have a lot of similar agreements. So so I personally feel like 
let's say Project Matter. I think that's what it's called, Project Matter. That yeah, takes off. Matter is the is the code name. I don't personally feel like maybe there's a scenario where if Matter is so successful, they start letting the gas off of Destiny to put the, like if they're still independent because mm, they're they're maybe. trying to go hard in, and I don't know if they can realistically. Uh, if they can realistically support two games as a service to that degree, I feel like one is going to get let off and the other one's going to get put on more. So here, here's my problem with the uh, Bungie acquisition. Since we're in, we're since we're in the thick of it, and uh, and it's sort of related to this topic of of PlayStation acquisitions. My problem is that I don't think it's going to benefit Destiny, and the reason I think it's not going to benefit Destiny is because if you look at Sony's messaging. All their messaging is about improving their games as a service model. Yeah. And obviously, since they now own Destiny, part of their interest is in making Destiny good. But they also have this ambition for all these other games as a service games that are not Destiny. And they want to use Bungie's brain trust for that. And their incentives to keep people at the company aren't to keep people at Bungie. It's to keep people in Sony, right? In PlayStation. If you stay at PlayStation, you get your incentives. And so that I, I feel like there's going to be a brain drain of people from the Bungie uh, company to work on these other projects that are How much do you want to bet Sony low-key poaches people from their own companies to yeah, leave I, other I companies? Think, I, I think they absolutely will. I, I think that that was basically what they said in their press release. And then if you look at what Bungie said in, the press, in that same press release, you hear from Sony, hey, this is all about our games as a service vision. We know Bungie does this well and we want them, right? It was an hire is basically what they did. And um, if you look at Bungie's messaging, it's all, we want to do movies and music and Sony has that. It says nothing about Destiny. It really doesn't. It doesn't say like, hey, we're getting acquired because we think we can make a better version of it, Destiny. We, we just it saw says, another... it says it's It says we sold out because we wanted to drop a hot single on Sony Music. That's basically what it says. <laughs> and, and we I, just saw another example where, like, I get it that they want that, that cinematic way but I feel like there's like 30 other companies that could have did that better than this company. And they probably wouldn't have needed to sell their soul to them either. Like Sony, yeah, I, we see Sony pictures, they're hit and miss and their hits usually mm -hmm. had Marvel influence. Like, yeah, I, I, I think for me, it's, I just think, I think they should have stayed independent personally because um, they, that was their messaging for years after the whole Activision snafu destiny was bad for like almost two years. And during that time they were like, Hey, bear with us. You know, we're, we're going through this whole thing where we got to get our independence back and it's going to be tough. And I think as fans, we were like, all right, well, this kind of sucks, but we're with you Bungie. And then we waited all that time. And then just when things were getting good, they, they sold it. And it just, it, that pisses me off as somebody who stuck with, you know, lesser versions of destiny for as long as I did. And now we're, we're at this point where, you know, they we're just right back where we started, basically. Um, Do you ho hopefully hopefully they are? I I just yeah. think that over time. That mm -hmm. gets eroded whether you mean to or not. So even if you are mm -hmm. independent, after a certain number of years, everybody who's on the Bungie team will start thinking of themselves as PlayStation. And they, they're kind of, they're, them retaining their independence is uh, contingent on 
them maintaining their culture and everybody seeing themselves as Bungie employees, not PlayStation employees. And I just don't think that works long term. Long term, they start to think of themselves as part of the PlayStation team. And uh, that's, you know, I, I just think f- five years from now, sure, I think it probably works. Ten years from now, I think that they maybe start making moves that aren't really Bungie moves and are more PlayStation moves because after time, you know, a person leaves here, gets replaced here, you know, and then if you're looking at a whole different group of people who have never thought of Bungie as being independent, they just think of it as being part of PlayStation. And that's really the problem mm-hmm. is it's kind of a slow death by a thousand cuts. And plus and there's you can, also that. <laughs> you yeah, can look at it from this aspect down. too, um, Travis, where let's say Project Matter does mad successful and Destiny's still doing good, but it's not like meeting Sony's kind of like expectations in like five to uh, five, seven years. Like, who says Sony doesn't like look? Matters making us so much money, we'll just cut Destiny. Like, and and at that point, Bungie's doing like you said, Bungie and Sony's culture is like so mixed together, where there's so many people left and and came left and came, where there's only a handful of people that's that's still part of the original Bungie crew. And if you look at it, we see the same thing at three four three, where it's like a lot of the essence from Halo is still there, but a lot of the core people have left there. So it's yeah. like who's... it's like that at any studio. Like people don't stay at the same studios for two decades generally, and so this is gonna—it's sort of an inevitability. It's just uh, you know you definitely lose something when you become part of another organization, even if it says on paper you're independent. That's just not how it works in practice. And so I think Sony made out like a bandit. I think it was a really wise decision for them to buy Bungie. It's a great company. It complements perfectly something that they're very bad at, which is online service games. And I, I think Bungie gains very little, to be honest. They were already raising money. You know, they raised like a couple hundred million dollars the year before. They're building their own campus. Mm-hmm. They have all this potential to expand. And I view them as having kind of given up uh, so that they could, you know, make a Destiny TV show. And that to me is super disappointing as somebody who was hanging out with this game for as long as, as I have. And, you know, I'll still do it, but it's just... Uh, it makes me real nervous and I'm really surprised to see the reaction from the community be um, I'm pretty much the only voice that I've heard of who actually thinks that it was a bad call, um, which is mm. super surprising to me. As long but, as everything is done, how Sony and Bungie claim publicly, I'll be okay with it. But I don't personally feel like it's going to go down that way. I feel like there's going to be a honeymoon phase where people are going to keep stuff to the straight arrow Kind of like Activision. There's a honeymoon phase where, like, they didn't want to go too much into stuff. But once Sony, once it comes down to where Sony doesn't like, like, there's a difference between I don't like the way you're doing it, but I don't really care at that point. And then there's decisions where Sony's like, I'm completely against. We got to see how Sony handles. I'm completely against decisions. Sure. And that's going to be interesting, you know. But, you know, let's let's talk about Xbox, Travis, because I know, uh, (laughs) you know. Talked about PlayStation. Now, clearly, E3's gone. Uh, which, you know, it's kind of interesting. Is. I hate How it. is it, like, the mindset at a company like IGN with, like, an E3 entity gone? Is that, like, relieving? Or are you guys, like, how is that kind of mindset? It's it's probably mixed. I mean, on, like, a, a personal level, I, the E3 events I went to were some of the most fun, you know, times I've had with, like, the IGN team or other teams I've been a part of. And so... I I'm gonna I miss it a ton and I I'm I gonna miss that it, it too. comes back. I hope it comes back in some form just because it's such a cool um, you know piece of game history and the whole industry's there. You get to see all these 
competitors and rival publishers and game console uh, developers and all that stuff and uh, all in one place and just hanging out, which is so, so cool and I think healthy for the industry. So I, I will miss that. But on the other hand, IGN has benefited a little bit from E3 not being around because we do our own mini like E3 event now. You know? Oh yeah, I do. Like, uh, IG, IGN does a thing called Summer Games, and last uh, the last couple of years during COVID, we sort of took a lot of the steam off of E3 and we're like, we're just going to do our own like e- mini little, little mini E3 thing. So I think there's some people at IGN who are like, oh yeah, competition gone. It's all going to be us now. But we'll see. We'll see if that actually happens. But. Uh, I think most people probably are, are sad that this is going. I mean, there's it's good and bad. Will I miss the crowds? No. Will I miss the all the people who didn't wear deodorant today? No. Oh. But I will miss uh, I will miss you know the the fun kind of gathering and the parties afterward and all that stuff. And uh, yeah, it's it's sort of a bittersweet for sure. Yeah, let me get this. Jared back with the 19 month message. All held the ILP salute, Lord Addict, and hustle and motivate in the esteemed panel. Definitely appreciate that. So the reason I talked about that is, you know, if E3 gone, I personally feel like it's going to be like a Phoenix thing where something's going to originate in its place. I don't know if it's going to be involving the ESA. I think that's the initials of them. Uh, I don't know if, um, what's his name? Uh, People, Jeff Keighley, Jeff Keighley going to do something Mm -hmm. and take its place. I do think people look at it from the consumer's aspect where they're like, let's watch conferences which a lot of these people don't even look at anything on the floor. You know, obviously IGN covers it, but a lot of them just look at the the, the conferences and then they just take off. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, um, I don't think people realize what what E3 was doing behind closed doors. Yeah. Uh, it, it was bringing people together, like you know, these companies like Activision, EA. Well, EA not to a point where. What's funny is people want to be part of E3, that E3 hype, but they don't want to be part of E3. That's why That's they do it in so the same expensive. week. So yeah. <laughs> I consider E3 mainly was the celebration of gaming in that week where everyone, even if you weren't part of the E3 floors or you weren't part of the E3 you know, conferences, you were still in that week to celebrate with your fans, with the industry. And I don't think people realize when you have all these influencers, all these media, you got IGN, GameSpot, you got all these people in one place, it is so easy to get things done. And and I don't think people realize that industry side, the developer side, you know, we could push back the the, the consumer side, the people at home watching. We could push that back, but that has to be replaced by something. I don't think that's going away. Something is going to replace that. I hope so. And even if it's something that's 100% industry insider facing, because I know E3 in the final years was also invited members of the public in, which uh, kind of made it a, a little bit, chaotic if you were there to conduct business but to your point addict like e3 wasn't just conferences that was actually the opening of e3 after Mm -hmm. conferences the rest of the week was about you know we would get to see behind closed door demos and plan of our coverage and kind of figure out which games were going to come out this year that were going to be hot and interesting to keep an eye on and there was a lot of like good work that got done out of there it's also just like a place like if you're a dev you probably wanted to go to E3 so you could rub elbows with other companies and look for like future job opportunities and kind of see what other games are out there and get inspired. And I, to your point, like, God, man, it just had such a important kind of place in the industry when the years when it was around. Now you mentioned the ESA. I think the ESA was a pretty crappy organization, to be honest. They were started as like a, you know, trade show organization that was uh, a, a whole bunch of different shareholders coming together to sort of, uh, 
present the original the original uh you know mission was to uh present to the general public the games industry for people who weren't a part of it so like uh, you know in the 90s when there was that whole uh video game violence rots your brain thing and congress was telling the entire world that video games had like a terrible brand and would make you like violent the ESA was formed to sort of counter that as like a PR organization, like, hey, here's what video games are actually about. And they're super fun. And, you know, look and at this somewhere new game around the line, out. like the, the message got yeah. lost. Like Somewhere around along the line, I think it sort of just became like an OG, like, blood about, like organization. a money thing, too. Yeah, that told that, you know, told the world my physical address. So maybe I have uh, my own oh, yeah. uh, qualms with them, but they. Mm -hmm. uh, I, oh, I just so you think were that, one of the people that got leaked with that whole thing. Oh yeah, and people sent death threats to my house after that. So yeah, I, I got, man. yeah, it, I I got I so I, yeah, obviously I I kind of think that ESA is incompetent just for that reason, but uh, I I do think that they sort of lost their way a little bit, and it's it's actually not that video games don't need PR. If you if you actually are somebody who pays attention to politics, you'll see that video games currently are going through some stuff um, at Capitol Hill um that that probably we could use an advocacy group for but i i just think that they um the industry sort of outgrew them and so if there is a new uh a new e3 i hope it'll be formed under some new organization or, or something like that because I, I really don't i really don't think e3 is coming back next year i think that's a load of yeah but what i've been told behind closed doors is like it seemed like esa felt like they were irreplaceable like they like they they would be around no matter what i, I felt like they they the key thing they had for years is they had the ability to bring the industry together for mm -hmm. that week for those floors they had the ability to do that but felt like they slowly started losing that ability they lost sony ea they lost nintendo to a point we e, nintendo was still there but they weren't there it's kind of weird how they were they were on the floor but they weren't like part of EA, like when it comes to like the conferences and stuff i felt like once they lost that that's when they truly lost the ability to function. And I felt like it was arrogance to a point. I felt like the company itself felt like they were bigger than everyone, that they didn't have to make compromises with anyone. Uh, letting so many people into the floors without any compromises to the media, to influencers. Like, it's like you could have did something as small as, sure, it maybe would have extended E3 to a point, but it's like having media and just having a date of exclusivity. You know what I'm saying? But... It felt like they didn't care. They didn't have those conversations. They're like, you're going right. to listen to me because E3 is that place for that week and no one's going to take that. And then the right. pandemic happened and it's like it, it accelerated the death of that company. Yeah. It was kind of already on a, on a downward slope. Did, uh, did you ever go to E3 Hustle? No, nah, no, nah, I've never been. Um, I was going to say it, it kind of was on like the decline anyway because I know we, we saw Nintendo. Nintendo was like the first ones to like completely pull out of E3. And I think they they, they were like the pioneers. Conference. Well, they just the conference. The floor. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They they were like the pioneers. They actually had a huge part that. of that floor every year. A huge yeah. part of that floor. So you guys would have to explain that to me. But I remember like when when E3 was going through its troubles before, sadly, everybody's addresses were leaked. They were talking about bringing in celebrities. It was like like LeBron James and like having his own booth and stuff like that. I'm like, yo, that's not that even was their like attempt what to that try is. To bring more, more yeah, what, to to the event. Yeah, I always I also feel like it, it just takes takes away. But uh, but you know, shout out to IGN, Jeff Keighley. Like you guys have your own things going, which you know, easier for me to watch. Like I I see when IGN goes live, it's, it's right there. So like, it's it's yeah. a cool cool thing. Um, 
No, nah, no, I've never gone to E3. And um, Travis, you know, one of the opening statements that you made about E3, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have made it in there because you said people stink, man. I'm not gonna be able to function. Oh, I'm not gonna yeah. be able to move around. Like, I'm it's pretty it bad. bad. It was bad, dude. And hey, the good news is, if if you were pressed, you got to skip lines, so you didn't have to kind of like go through it. But it was still just like shoving through people's faces so that you could run like half a mile across the show floor and then get to the next like meeting room you had to be in for your next appointment like i, mm. I would do like 15 appointments a day at e3 and so you're just Jesus. like doing like a 32 hour minute like uh demo and then you you sprint to your next one and get there like just <laughs> in time it was so brutal um but yeah mm. uh the i to your to what you said hustle which i think is an outsider's perspective is pretty interesting which is the conferences that didn't happen like nintendo didn't do their conference which you view as them like pulling out of e3 are actually different than them pulling out of e3 altogether what they did is they just said we're not going to do a conference yeah we're not they actually do, like, pulled away from that conference. entirely they were doing directs they were just mm -hmm. doing directs so we're going to go do our own like presentation but they still bought a huge lot on e3 and had all their games there and were showing them to press and developers and fans who showed up and like they had these massive like theme park like yeah, mazes it was, it was, you could go it was through huge and like i can't you, yeah let me see if i can remember up. the breath of the wild one where you had like they basically put like hyrule in the e3 uh like show floor and you like walked through it and stuff so they were still doing e3 mm -hmm. they just decided that they weren't going to do a press conference and I think they were the actually they... there more than anyone else was and i was actually told that when sony pulled out they bought a lot of their floors they too. Did. So they did, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's where so, like Sony, Sony and EA were the ones who actually pulled out of E3. Period. Like, not only did they mm. not do a conference at E3, but they didn't buy uh, real estate on the floor, which I I think was uh, a, a tactical error in some cases, just because you know they the, they sort of weren't part of that conversation those years. Um, I'm going to send you hustle what the floor looked like in 2018. That was the year before. Uh, uh, that was the last year. Oh, eight, 19 was the last year. 18 was the year before that. Uh, but and the, the crazy part is like, that's probably the, the reason that I could, like, I got really upset with Sony, like, because EA at least was a couple streets down. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. they were in the facility. At, you know, Nintendo, they're like, look, like, we're not going to do a conference because we're switching how we do things, but we're still going to make sure our fans and the people that enjoy our product, they have something there. Sony's like, we gone. Like, <laughs> we ain't doing no conference. We ain't doing nothing that week. We ain't having any kind of venue around that corner. We ain't doing nothing at the E3 show floor. You see us in a couple months. Like, and I felt yeah. like that was a low key, like disrespectful. Like, it's just like you can you can be there in some form. Like Microsoft was doing the Galen Center to a point. Like they they were still on the floor, but they were doing like press stuff in the Galen Center. Like what's crazy is Microsoft went out of their way more to have more of a middle ground for press people than the actual people who owned E3. Yeah, yeah. which is weird. They had like their own like little separate area just for the press so that they could show the stuff that they weren't ready to show the public yet. Um, which is something that ESA probably should have set up themselves. I feel like they should have had a fan, <laughs> a fan gathering, and then just like the main E3 floor gathering. Because it was so weird. That was my actual question. Because both of you went to E3. Like, how did they not separate y'all from the rest of like everybody else? And also, Travis, I think it's it's, it's very disrespectful the fact that you have one meeting here and then you have to run down. I guess like the East Hall. 
to, catch, to you know to catch another meet. Like, yo, there's no other way that they could have like maneuvered well, that see, a little bit better yeah. for everybody how else. So, like, how does that work? It was there's two mm-hmm. big buildings and there's like a little thing connecting them. And obviously, mm-hmm. there is other stuff in other parts of the place, but. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. they would literally have Travis being what because what what was worse is when you had to go to another building. It, it, yeah, yeah, it's, it's not like worse. a government building. It, so, it's not like sometimes a, sometimes you would have to run off of the E three show floor and go to like some other you know conference area that that they had booked separately because there wasn't room on E three. So you talking about like the brutal, floors, but, the the building, the 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 stuff upstairs. Well, it's like, you know, if you went to a PC game show, that was in a different oh, theater. Yeah, and yeah. Ubisoft did their conference in a different theater that year. And so you had to go to, like, this different part of town. I had to, like, Ubisoft a was a co- like a little bit away, too. Yeah, it was, like, a little bit away. Mm. So that was and, – and they also showed some of their games in a separate building. So it just depended on, you know, you structuring your day like this game of Jenga, you know, where you're trying to, like, <laughs> make everything match up. And am I going to have enough time to get to this appointment? But that's actually fun. But to answer your question about the fans, the reason they didn't have separate um, – spaces for it is because originally e3 was only for uh insiders in the industry and gamestop right. employees for some reason a lot of them came like ten thousand a year um, now that i remember ten thousand a year yeah yeah because yeah. gamestop has a lot of employees um it was like a lot of them but uh but then then one year they decided okay we're gonna let fans come in but we're only gonna sell ten thousand tickets and then the next year it was like twenty five thousand, and then mm-hmm. it just kept going up so i think originally it was just Hey, you know, we have more room on our show floor. Like, let's include more people. And then, and then after a while, it was just like, okay, dude, this is too many. Like, it's just super crowded, and there's no like place for them. They turn into not to be not to be elitist. Like, oh, get these peasants out of my uh, game (laughs) conference. But it did make doing business more difficult. Like, it's it for sure did. And that's why I always said that they needed to find a. I'm not. I'm not like King David. Like King David's like keep the peasants outside. Like, yeah. I don't think that mentality was the right, like you could keep them in, but you need to have a better middle ground. Like let's give the media like a certain section of the floor, maybe, or let's give the media a day. Cause there's a difference between someone doing this for a living and someone doing this for a hobby. Like they're, they're just there. They're not even mm-hmm. doing YouTube channels. They're just there as exhibitors. They're just looking at stuff. And people have this like weird conception to think that this is about playing games it's not like you are never going to play games for the most part you might you know unless you're a media media had a little bit more uh you know hands-on with certain things but for the most part if you came there as an exhibitor you were playing maybe one or two games a day for sure yeah i uh i mean i i played a little bit more i i guess like i did i did participate in demos but that wasn't it wasn't like you had time to enjoy it it was like all right let me hook up my capture equipment and you know then you was writing pretty much the entire time there writing notes yeah and then any if you had like a 20 minute break like ign had a separate like war room that you'd run into and you just like slam your laptop down on the table and you'd like try to get a preview or like a video posted and then you would run back to the show floor to do something else it was just Mm. a constant kind of running around situation but i actually love that and i will miss it if it never comes back but uh in terms of, I think the the headline here is that the ESA did not really evolve with the industry and and in, in the way that I think they should have to make E3 continue to be relevant. And I think that showed to a certain extent, which is why you saw certain pieces of it falling off near the end, and then eventually, you know, now it's gone altogether. So I hope it comes back. I hope it comes back better. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna miss. Uh, I'm gonna miss the hanging out with Snoop Dogg and Keanu Reeves and <laughs> the people I got to hang out with at E3. Was, I think oh, something. Yeah. I think something will come into place. And you know, for all I know, um, you know, I do think that 
Jeff Keighley has a particular advantage right now because he does have relations with the people that did, that did leave. Like, I think he mm-hmm. might be able to use that gauntlet to bring the industry back together. I just don't know if he could do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a difference between having relations and convincing everyone in the room that you need to be the place to go. So I don't know if he'll be able to do that. But that's not really, you know, kind of went on a side tangent on E3 there. My question to you, Travis, and Hustle is, we got Microsoft's coming up. You know, they, they, obviously they're going to have their E3 pre, uh uh, you know, whatever they're going to do this year that would have been in the place of E3. What do you think realistic expectations needs to be for this conference or whatever they do do with this type of event? You know, we'll, we'll go with Travis first. What what do you personally feel like we need to see at this type of event? Um, yeah, I, I think um, if, if the, it depends on the messaging, right? Like, uh, Sony, I think, has decided that they're not really going to do... They're kind of moving to the Nintendo Direct model, right? They, they do these little small state of plays. And I think that sometimes they let the messaging get away from them about what's going to be included in the state of play. And then people are like, oh, this is going to be an E3 press conference. And then they talk about like one game for 20 minutes and that's it, right? And then people end up disappointed. So I think messaging is everything. If Xbox says, hey, we're going to go and do you know, a couple small events that focus on certain types of games. We're going to do like a little first party event and then we're going to do a, an indies event and then we're going to do a third party event. Then I think the expectations probably need to be tempered. But if they say like, hey, in lieu of E3, here's our press conference, then I think it, the expectations are rightfully going to be really high. And I think uh, Microsoft has every tool in their belt to meet those expectations. They, you know, Bethesda used to do their own press conference at E3 and now they have Bethesda has part of their press conference so that already increases the kind of um potential there extremely if if they combine shows with bethesda they could let bethesda do its own show i mean there's certainly an argument to be made there they're their own company with a whole portfolio of their own game so i could see that yeah i actually sure. heard there's like a little tr- uh like uh friction between the companies on uh, you know how they handle that going forward so it's going to be interesting how they do that I'm interested in like when Activision is brought in the fold, if that goes through, like, are they going to let them do their own thing? Like, cause you know, uh, call of duty still a thing. And yeah, even though call of duty huge, the ability to announce the new call of duty is, is huge by itself. So are they going to let them do their own thing? Or are they going to take the big stuff from both portfolios and have one show with it? Like, it's interesting how they do it. Yeah. Uh, hustle. What do you think? Uh, what is your expectations with it? Well, honestly, they need to. Microsoft needs to do what they did last year, in terms. Of, well, Attic, you know, we did the live reaction. It was Game Pass. It was like twenty-seven of these thirty games are in Game Pass. They won. Those things are going to have to hit on that level. Um, we've been talking for quite some time, uh, pretty much ever since I've been here, about 2024, 2025, 2026 for Microsoft. Um, they need to roll some of that stuff out early. Like, like a perfect doc, because we've heard things about perfect doc and all like the, the turnover rate over there. So I would like to see something from perfect doc. I would like to see something from a Val. Uh, fa- I know you're a fable cat. So I would like to see something from fable. So like all of the, the newer stuff or all of the, like the 2018 announcements up until like 2020, I like to see gameplay for a lot of that stuff. For me, I don't necessarily think I'll get all of that, but um, I feel like you gotta, you gotta rebound. Like, cause the show last year was really good. The show, yeah. like, they had one misstep, and I think that was, it might have been a year before, 
one of you, one of you guys correct me on it, but it was whenever PlayStation and Xbox was getting ready to drop them new consoles, PlayStation had that press conference, and then Microsoft had the third party conference that wasn't that didn't go over so well with the people. That was the year this before is lo- last. So that was the year like before. Assassin's okay. Creed. And so I think right. that's my point is like, are they going to do one big show and be, um, basically make it a replacement to E3, or are they going to do a few? different shows where maybe they talk about third party and then first they're gonna, party they're and gonna name Bethesda it, uh, and then Activision. Like, Travis, are they going to break it apart? They're, yeah. they're going to say Xbox presents Activision conference. Xbox presents. I could Bethesda see that. Conference. I could see that. Mm-hmm. And if, if they do that, I think people need to change their expectations. Yeah. Because, drastically. Mm-hmm. Drastically. But, but, but it's, it's sort of on Microsoft to market it the right way. Because if they right. say, you know, if they just put an Xbox logo and a date and no details, people are going to be like, oh, shit, this is it. Like, it's going to be, you know, <laughs> Starfield and they're going to announce the new Xbox Series X2 and, you know, all this stuff. And mm-hmm. I think they they just need so, to decide what their strategy is. Personally, I would love it if they united behind one big, like, two-hour show. That's what I was about to minds. ask. I would love that. I would mm-hmm. love that. But I think, I think the industry is actually going the opposite way because you see Nintendo Direct being successful. You see Sony doing kind of a piecemeal little state of play presentations and i could see them breaking it apart into like four or five presentations i think that's realistically i I think that's probably what they'll do and i think if they do that everyone's going to be disappointed because everyone's expecting it to be you know a blowout like e3 so well i wanted to mention i wanted to mention that they will more than likely break this up in the parts because travis you know that you know too news cycle 24 hours y'all so you know how it go Xbox would normally go first, PlayStation would come and then just take all the Xboxes shine on like that, that Sunday with that Sunday night. How they used to like structure those conferences before, right? Now it's more like I right, we got one day, we got one day, we got one day. Yeah, they'll they'll spread that out. And um as far as the Bethesda thing, I don't think that they even touched that. Or Activision either. I think with as not the not the initiative, but like when with those big studios publishers like that. They're gonna have, have them run themselves anyway, so they'll probably just be well, business as usual, in my opinion. Activision didn't have its own conference, and they actually used to put all their games into other shows. Yeah, they've oh, so, you're right. You're they, right. They, they, they you're would right. put they would put Call of Duty and the Xbox shows during the 360 era, and then they moved it mm-hmm. to PlayStation during PS4. So I I feel like they either have to give Activision its own show, or they're mm-hmm. gonna have a huge section of their presentation that's like that's gonna be you know, yeah. You know what I mean? Because like you know what, what they, they might do, put, Travis? Are they gonna talk about Candy Crush? You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I feel like there's there's enough uh there's a there's enough uh their studio their portfolio is so big now. I mean mm-hmm. Minecraft alone has its own conference. Mm-hmm. It has its own like E three like event. And I feel like mm-hmm. if they really wanted to, they could do that with a lot of their properties. Just give it like their own event. But um, I don't think I don't think they're going to. I think I think Lord, you're completely correct. They're going to do like four or five small shows, and everyone's going to complain about all five of them because they were missing a piece. You know what I mean? That's probably what's going to happen. You know what's a realistic thing that I just thought they could do is stick to what's new, like what's coming out now. Like kind of like they're doing Starfield. Like let's say Overwatch might coming out this year or, or early next year, and and like no instead of that game, huh? No way we see that. Well, game. no, but I just, I, I'm, I, I'm just saying, like next year. Yeah. Like I'm not saying this happening this year. Like Starfield's this year, where they're focusing on Starfield games is coming out this year, next year. Uh, you know, they might have another conference to show future stuff a little bit more, where it's like an Xbox where uh, like beyond thing, and then next year you you you'll see whatever's coming out that year. Maybe I, I don't think a vow would come out that year. Uh, we might see something on. Uh, I, I think that might be a possibility where it's like, look. This year, 
we're going to show Starfield. We're going to show Redfall, maybe, uh, depending if that gets pushed. And then next year, they're going to show games coming out next year in the holiday, the year before. And then maybe they'll have, like... Because right now, I feel like the best thing they can do is show better outlets to their games in general. Kind of like a Nintendo Direct, something like that. And then they use these shows to show what's coming out this year and next year. Like gameplay, yeah. uh, you know, big lights of stuff like i think that's something they might do because if you split up an activision a bethesda you're gonna have uh issues on is this studio at this publisher gonna have something they could show uh is anything realistically able to show like we just mentioned of activision or we could show call of duty and and and, and right. a little bit of overwatch like and then just call it a day it'll like weird i feel it'll like be, it'll be yeah it's gonna be really splitting weird this up year. can be headaches by itself but if you go, it's like, okay, this year, Overwatch is ready next year. Like, maybe it's just a show. Let, let, let's let that be one of the pillars. Let's let, you know, maybe the Outer Worlds 2 might have something to show because I've been told they're a little bit more in development than people think. Maybe show something on that. Like, maybe keep it 2022, 2023, up to E3 or whatever they do next year. And then next year, you show the next of next year and up to the year after that. Yeah. I, I think the other uh, thing we haven't talked about is the possibility of them basically just save every everything for Gamescom. Gamescom yeah, is they, actually maybe you know, Excel actually blowing may, up. May, maybe and, they actually because I've always I don't know how you feel about this, Travis. I've always felt like video game awards is one thing. Uh, I still think you do too much of the video game awards because I feel like Sony when when Sony does an event like a, an event where you know something relevant's coming, it generates so much buzz so much hype and i feel like microsoft gets some of that but the reason they don't get all of that is because microsoft will literally show vowed they'll show grounded and then yeah. six months later or a couple months later they'll show the xbox series x and and hellblade well it's like if you would have brought that to your own show i feel like like throughout the years you would generate that type of hype because people know Microsoft stuff is going to be on their stage, not the video game yeah. awards, not Gamescom. It'll be on their stage. Do you think that maybe they should start doing well, that since they own well, so much stuff? Microsoft has a stage at Gamescom. They get their own conference. It's just that in the past, they've always relegated like what I would call the B news to <laughs> Gamescom, right? Like I mm -hmm. remember one, one year they showed a whole bunch of new stuff and then the next uh, Gamescom a couple months later they showed like Crackdown 3 and they did like a 30 minute demo of that and so I, I feel like it always ends up being their B show so Gamescom is thriving it's still happening it's a huge fan event they can show Activision that. stuff there I could see that being kind of their new E3 home but I do think that they need something I think you're right like they can't just show everything on other people's stages They, I, I agree that the Game Awards is like not really the right setting for a giant uh, press conference or anything like that I, I don't think that they should use it for that they have made some really they could cool debut like gameplay there. stuff there something little like, yeah yeah or that they, they should because i feel like if the, you're uh, showing something for the first time that needs to be on your stage yeah they, well they showed the new console at game Awards. Then that makes sense i will smart. give them that that made sense because they were coming off it, of a generation that wasn't too kind kind to them yeah. you need to generate as much hype need to do stuff different that makes sense yeah yeah, I also think that um, it helps when you get outside of your own bubble because if you're announcing something that you think is going to appeal to 
not just people who care about Xbox, then that's when you do it at the Game Awards. Because if you do mm. your own show at the Microsoft Theater and it's called the Microsoft Presents event, only people who care about Xbox are going to be watching it. But if you show it at the Game Awards, PlayStation people will see it. Nintendo people will see it. And I think that's uh, a pretty big deal uh, if you're trying to I- expand your user base, which they obviously are in this Game Pass era. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I would be interested to see that. There's lots of different ways they could approach this. Um, I guess we'll just see who's who's going to make the first move at this point. We, we're still waiting for one of these guys to announce sort of an E3 I replacement. I think we'll probably get some, you, uh, play, uh, you Xbox ha- will announce something before. So you, ha- you have to imagine that they knew E3 was going to be canceled a long time ago, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. they I was getting whispers months ago, so there's no way yeah, that yeah. these companies didn't know. It'll be interesting that now you bring it up, Travis, like that would be very effective for Microsoft. They To have people like uh, companies like IGN, GameStop, like always writing about them. GameStop, they yeah. announced the next Call of Duty. They announced, uh, you know, next year they announced Overwatch. They maybe announced avowed gameplay. Like, this year they, they show Starfield for the first time. And people, this isn't that much time between each other. Let's say they buy something like Sega in the future or something kind of like a Japanese outlet. Tokyo Game Show, they're showing their games there. Like, uh, then they do their own XO. Then they do the Video Game Awards. They show something that they like. That's consistent coverage all year long yeah give you plenty of stuff to write about travis plenty of stuff to write exactly about. which is what i need <laughs> <laughs> so how, how do you feel um hustle how, how do you how would you let, let, let's break this down a little bit how would you want them to handle it for your personal preference and how do you think they're going to handle it like in, as far as their their coverage uh you know what Travis, you might hate me for it. I mean, look, if they cover it <laughs> one conference over the next five, or, you know, one conference per day over the next five days, because I mentioned this earlier, like the news cycle is 24 hours. Like, I can't t- I can't make a video about something on Wednesday on something that happened Monday. Yeah, people might go to it, but it, it won't hit the same if I do it the same day, right? So they'll probably have everything split up. Um, As far as having everything in other places, Travis, you had brought up the point earlier, Microsoft has to appeal to different audiences. This is why we see, like, the Xbox Series X premiered at the Game Awards, same thing with Hellblade, because everybody from everywhere is watching the one big thing out the year. It's like the Super that It's kind of it's like turning itself into like the Super Bowl of gaming, too. So, no, nah, no, nah, if I'm if I'm Microsoft, man, you just, you know, take your time. No, 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 not like Jeff Keighley type of time, because the summer, summer games never ended that year that he did it. But no, nah, just take your time and say, hey, we're going to start June, what, 10th to June 15th, and just have it like that, and, and everything would kind of work itself out. So, um, yeah, yeah, but I... I really don't have no like no better ideas, but like as far as like I know you had talked about XO, I wouldn't permit nothing at XO, man, because Xbox fans are they already got y'all, they already got y'all. If you're an Xbox fan, they already got you for XO, so you I wouldn't even like take it there. Everything else though, like it's in Gamescom, that's out in Germany, correct? Did you guys correct me on yep. that one? Germany, yeah. That's the one that holds like five hundred thousand people. It's huge, and it's yeah. because it is a fan event. It's not like E3. Mm. I mean, well, I, I would say this then. There are certain things that I will premiere out there and, and at the Game Awards as opposed to just having it on, like, the EXO stage, wherever yeah. they choose to have it. Like, it was... You're talking about Xbox yeah. Celebration? Right. Xbox Celebration, yeah. yes, yes, yes. I, I would I, I would prefer to have things in a bigger venue. Yeah, you have something for your fans, but I, I'm, I'm putting my, my stuff on the biggest venue possible. I'm finna put the That's biggest... exactly what I think, and I think that yeah. was the one strength of the ESA is that it created the biggest venue possible mm-hmm. for all players, and so it gave everybody a... 
a chance to show their stuff in front of the widest audience possible. And I feel like now if everybody goes and does their own small little thing, it'll mm -hmm. end up making everybody speak to only their own echo chambers. So it's like the mm -hmm. Xbox people will know what's going on with Xbox. PlayStation will know what's going on with Sony, but like the average gamer who just logs on once a year to E3, just to see what's going on in general and doesn't really care about one console or publisher over another, they won't really have a place to learn about all the news that year. And that, and that I think is, troubling which you know i have hope that ign game fest will be that place right that would be awesome for mm -hmm. us if we could uh we could create the largest stage uh using our our uh our huge audience but i just i personally don't see that happening sorry ign but i just don't think that uh <laughs> I, I think it's really hard to create a coalition um that involves like all the companies because some people are just yes they probably them. naturally had it because it, it was they were so old in the industry and people and they were they were made up of people in the industry so the esa was actually made up of like all the biggest publisher and developer stakeholders so like phil had a spot on the board and sony people were on the board yeah totally had to have left at some yeah. point they're like you <laughs> it's like it's Actually, like you know what ea was on the board they just didn't buy stage space if i if, Correct me if I'm wrong, someone, but I, I'm pretty sure that they were still a part of the ESA until the end. They just were like, we're part of the ESA, but also Rebel Rebel. We're doing our own thing on E3. So Yeah, it's I weird. mean, it is what it is. Uh, you know, people in the chat are coming after me saying that I'm flip-flopping on my own. Look, I'm not saying I, st I still want s Microsoft to consistently, because I feel like there's a realm where inside Xbox and a Nintendo Direct both can exist, especially of how much they own. Like, people don't realize the amount of content that Xbox owns now. Like, it is absurd. Yeah. You can't realistically show all that in a couple events. Like, you have to have a lot of them. That's why I feel like inside Xbox, structured, restructured, don't bring it exactly how it was, where they use that to outlet to show Ninja, like, Ninja Theory gameplay, to show Fable gameplay. And they use the Nintendo Direct to show, you know, Game Pass announcements, uh, indie games that come out, you know, and then they show... Uh, Japanese games coming to the platform, they could use that for that. Then they use the shows, to, you know, the the XOs, the, their their own conference to show the big content. Uh, but obviously, like you guys said, they need to be everywhere. But the problem is with being everywhere is you're not building your own platform to show where you need to be. When Sony does yeah. an event, sure there might be more world uh, accepted, but we can all agree when Sony does an event everyone's covering it. It doesn't matter who it is. Everyone feels like they have to be part of this event. Now, I'm not saying Microsoft can never be there. Part of the reason Sony's there is because they've already did their footwork. And I felt like Microsoft was attempting to do their footwork, but the Xbox One generation put them back a couple notches where they had to restructure in some areas. Right. But, you know, I appreciate everyone coming through, man. You know, you know, we, we could talk a little bit, uh, Travis, you know, I'm sure that you've seen the the Unreal Engine showcase stuff. Was there anything that stood out to you? No, I mean, Un Unreal Engine's a hell of a, a hell of an engine. <laughs> I, I, I'm impressed by everything I've seen, except for I still haven't seen a game made in it. So uh, excited for that. What what game was it that announced that they were going to be the first one to publish an Unreal Five? Oh, you know what it was? It was the Matrix. Yeah, I, didn't, <laughs> I wasn't really that impressed Matrix by that. Demo. I wasn't impressed by that. Well, I was impressed by certain aspects of it, but you could tell that the people who made it were people who knew a lot about the engine and not a lot about game development, which is kind of how I feel about people who work at Epic in general. Like whenever <laughs> you see a demo, they're, I don't know. You, like, right. they, that's just, if, if you if you see the, the demos that they make, it's like, okay, you're really good at showcasing stuff. I got uh, into a little debate with the chat. I don't know how you feel about this, but 
because uh, I remember a couple months ago there was rumors that Sony was trying to talk to Epic about buying them, and um, and I was saying that you know Epic is too big. Epic's too big, Epic. but I was saying that if Sony was able to achieve that, and obviously people in the chat confused what I was saying. I never said that Mike Sony would ever do this, but if if Sony's able to achieve buying something like Epic and just started playing hardball with the Unreal Engine. I don't realize I don't think people realize how much power Sony would have with that engine. Like for sure. We they we could would, never buy it though. Huh? They could never buy it. I feel like they could if they if they if they if they 100% was uh, the entire company of Sony was behind trying to buy Epic. I feel like they they could come up with that money. I uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna fact check you here. Okay, fact check me because I feel Let's like see. it would be one of those <laughs> scenarios where it would be it would be a huge bet. But I feel like they could even if they because the PlayStation name's a very profitable name. I don't think that they couldn't they could they they could easily they could get those loans. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Epic is worth twenty eight point seven billion dollars, and Sony is worth. 128 that's tough dude that's that's, that's what i'm really saying tough. like i'm not saying that they would buy that i'm saying that it's like one of those things where it would be a hard sell because it's not like something microsoft microsoft could buy that and if it if it would flop or it wouldn't do as well it would it would annoy people and they would probably be a lot of upset people but microsoft would eventually level out sony would make that kind of commitment i don't know if they could bounce back from it very easily if it didn't go the well, way here, they here's wanted. the thing just looking at that as a as a proposal, if Epic got bought by Sony, I feel like the loser would be Epic because Sony would gain a really cool tool set. Huge they advantage. Would also have, they would have lots of new customers using uh, their engine. It's a very ubiquitous uh, engine, like the vast majority of companies use it if they can afford it. But what would for sure happen is Sony owning it would mean that other leaders in the space would have to emerge because there would be people who don't want to build on Epic if it's yeah. Sony owned. Nintendo would would abandon it. If, not that they use it really for any of their projects, but they would. A lot of Microsoft it. uses that engine. My, Microsoft uses it, and Microsoft would not use it anymore. And you think actually, you think that you don't think that they would try to work something out with them? I I don't think so because they already just acquired their own engine when they bought Bethesda. Yeah, but and it's a, and mm. it's a damn good engine. It's I mean, a good Doom, engine, dude. but I've been told a by a lot of engine. developers that like it's not as diverse as something like Unreal. Of course, it's not. Of course, it's not. But you think. Microsoft would see the long game as they often do, and they have the war chest for it, which is invest in your own engine. We can build our own thing and just make that the new Epic. And uh, or 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 there would be a third party, which I think is probably more likely. A third party would probably just hop in and go, okay, well, now that Epic is owned by PlayStation, there's this new market of people who probably would prefer to use another tool. I do think that. And I I, th I think there would be plenty of opportunity to do that. So I just think Epic would never want to sell because they, they like the fact that they're being made. They're making money at all all customers. They're uh, Sony they're would have to come with them with point. such a big bag that they could probably want. Like I think, yeah. like if if they if, were if, if Epic's here's what here's the reason I don't think they can afford them. If Epic's current valuation is twenty eight billion, you're buying it as Sony. You have to pay a premium on top of that because you have to pay more mm -hmm. than the company's worth in order for it to be sold. So let's call it like 40 billion. And then on top of that, you have to, if you're the Epic people, you're trying to think out, all right, well, if, if my business now is going to be based on 
only selling to Sony and probably losing a lot of business with Microsoft, then you have to build that extra cost into that. So you're looking at like a $50 billion acquisition would be my guess. And that's like half of Sony's worth. Yeah, you don't acquire be, a company that's worth they, they, don't, they don't have enough they don't have enough liquid um, to buy they would have a to sell stuff they would have work. to take out loans like yeah imagine if they jumped out the building like that and the industry re like didn't react the way they thought it would like like yeah, microsoft I, was I, like I, yeah look because because they would have to probably like coalition would probably finish out making like gear six with that like i feel like there would be enough time between these games being developed where microsoft could have some form of answer to the unreal engine like they don't have to use it anymore but it would be i would think it would be a devastating hit to microsoft that would take a lot of effort and finances to 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 find an alternative solution to not using the unreal engine yeah i, I think you're probably right i think they would use it in the meantime though they don't have a problem giving money to and to microsoft Sony, probably has solutions to something that like if that ever happened too like for sure they probably have something like in the background, but not nothing being done. Cause I'm yeah. pretty sure they have plan B Travis, for a bunch of different things. Travis, before we, before we head up out of here, I do have a question um, in regards to UE5. What game or what game franchise are you looking uh, forward to seeing the most from uh, using the US, UE technology? You're gonna have to remind me some of the ones that have announced they're using it. Okay, I know so two is using it. That looks really great. Um, Coalition has it. Uh, Coalition think, has it for gears. For gears, I want to say Remedy has it. Uh, Haven Studios, the Jay Raymond, her I team, know they what got that studio is. Yeah. So, well, know. no, yeah, yeah, don't nobody know, but but yeah. they have it. Uh, had a, had a, had that list earlier. Um, but there are said, like a ton of diff, just different like. Well, I'm a huge gears fan, them. so that's mm -hmm. that's huge. Um, okay, they've, they've been they've been on Epic for a long time for obvious. Yeah, reasons. I actually felt like mm -hmm. Gears Five was such a, a breath. I didn't like Gears Four, and I didn't really like the original trilogy too much. Like I thought they were okay what? games. Wow, that's but crazy. <laughs> it's just like it was one of those things where I could never fully play one of those games. You know what I'm saying? Like. I don't know. I've yeah. never liked the corridor shooting where you clear a room, you go to the next room. I felt like they did it very well, but I felt like Gears 5 gave me the openness a little bit that I didn't experience with previous games. And I know a lot yeah, of people... Gears 5 is definitely like the best one. I, I'll agree with you there. But uh, yeah, I, I, I love all the Gears games. I just think they... Uh, if you play Gears 1, like the year that came out, there was nothing like it. It was such mm -hmm. a unique and like every they just did everything right. Um, so yeah, I think probably just looking at the comments, people are posting things. I'm going to go with Hellblade 2. I'm just I actually really think a curious lot holds on that game. I yeah, think Starfield's I, I, important, but I think Hellblade proves that the original acquisitions they made has going to have fruit to it. Yeah, that sounds good. Cause Starfield um, makes a good game. That's just Bethesda making a good game. They've been known yeah. to do that in the past. Like correct it, it it doesn't prove anything about microsoft stewardship of their company but if they can if they can elevate hellblade from one to this crazy thing it's going to be it's going to be nice. outer worlds 2 is going to be key to that too because that's it i think what was it Which uh, hellblade uh outer worlds 2 outer worlds 2 i, I think yeah uh mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. Obsidian, Obsidian. Although Obsidian always makes good games, in my opinion. But I think yeah, sequels when they, have, when they have a budget to those original studios is going to be important because it's showing that Microsoft intervening and buying these studios actually helped those studios, and they didn't make the same type yeah. of quality product. But you know, I appreciate everyone coming through, man. You know, uh, we pretty much had the exact show. Uh, 
I, I do apologize. I, I need to start being very vocal with the, the Eastern, uh, Pacific, and Central. No, because <laughs> yeah. most of the time we if only... You if you would have just put EST on 5 p.m., I would have... You I know what's funny? I usually just... put EST in the in the, in the the promo yeah. the promo stuff, but I don't oh. know. I was just... I got I got off this morning. I made the promo. I was so tired. I went to bed. I didn't even think. No, about I just it. I looked at our Twitter DMs and I was like, "Did he tell me it was EST?" And I just missed it. And I no, no, I was that like, was entirely my right, fault. That was that me. Entirely. I totally forgot you're East Coast. I need to remember anybody I talk to who's on Iron Lords is uh is East. Yeah, Coast, we're all probably. East Coast. We're all East Coast. It was, I know. Yeah, you know, Travis. What, what it's what, outsourced? You're stealing Pacific jobs here. What what, what can people <laughs> find you at, man? You you in a lot of podcasts, it, it lightly, man. Like tell tell um, the I'm, chat I'm only in they... two weekly. I'm only in two weekly. So I do a weekly Destiny podcast called The Last Word, mm -hmm. um, which, which is which on this airs, channel. <laughs> which is on this channel. It's uh, on uh, Thursdays uh, at uh, 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. For, for those of you that hang out with Lord, the the the, um, the, the chosen. Time the chosen it. timeline uh and then i do uh, a show called bitcast which is just about the games industry in general uh that show is with ainsley bowden who's a industry vet um richard hogue the the lawyer mm, i'm sure gamer. that's a very um, interesting chemistry set <laughs> it's a very interesting and we get into debates me and hogue we are we're very contentious <laughs> i uh i i get into arguments with him and win i win against the lawyer because i'm just that mm. cool um, all right <laughs> yeah so uh yeah you can watch that on sunday mornings at 8 a.m uh i think there's a little bit of overlap with your guys's show uh last the the um iron lords podcast mm -hmm. but uh yeah we uh we, we do that on sunday uh, sunday mornings um and then also you can read all my stuff on ign.com did a review of tiny tina's recently a preview of a game at game developer conference called uh superfuse an upcoming uh diablo like arpg um, and then I'm reviewing something else I don't think I can talk about yet, but I'm hating that game. Uh, so mm. you can find all my stuff on IGN.com and follow me on Twitter at Tiger Travis if you if you want to hear my hot takes and Fast and Furious. Yeah, he's games. got a lot of hot takes. I don't sure know who's do. got more hot takes, you or Hogue. I think it's pretty close. Like, I really Hogue, do. Hogue, 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 Hogue. It's Hogue. It's Hogue, dude. This guy, I, I swear to God, he says stuff just because he. I feel like he always wants to be on the play. other side. Like, it doesn't matter does, what it he is. He does. He does. Because I, I don't say things because I'm contrarian. I, I just, I have opinions and I, I just think people don't think things through sometimes. But Hogue is just like out here slamming on all the things you love and hating all and loving all the things you hate. It's weird, man. It's real weird. So. So what, what, where can people find you, Hustle? What, 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 I, I saw, I saw the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle couldn't really resonate with much of any of it because I didn't really oh, play come those on. Other games. But. You know, what, what I will say is I didn't know that game wasn't going to be co-op, like, online feature. Like, right there, I pretty much dropped the game mentally right there when I saw that. Well, apparently, four-player online co-op is a very hard thing to do if you play Scott Pilgrim. And I got the hoodie on. Scott Pilgrim versus the world, um, they, they had trouble pulling that off. So it's the thing with four-player co-op. It, it always seems to be an issue. Two-player co-op seems to be fine. You can find me at Hustle and Motivate, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. But uh, don't worry about Twitch so much because I ain't going to really be there. I'm working on my next video, um, The Last of Us. The Last of Us will, you know, my second favorite game of all time. And I can't wait to get into that one. Hey, uh, Travis, before I go, um, the BitCast, is that the SG BitCast? Yeah, Season Gaming. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. So I'm going to make sure I listen to you guys on iTunes. That's cool. why I asked, sir. Please do. Yeah, that's fun. If you uh, if you like uh, Hogue, he... Uh... He gets to break down and sort of just talk about other stuff that he doesn't do on his channel, which is really cool. I think we have a really unique show. It's uh, yeah. it's different than other stuff you see on YouTube. 
Yeah, Hogue is an extremely dope guy. Plus, you know, I know you say he likes to argue a lot. Well, he is a lawyer, right? So, I mean, that's kind of how they get down. And I was was pre-law and I'm a Jew, so we just argue all the time. (laughs) It's just... It's just lots of arguing, man. That's just all it is. So. Well, I, I look forward to it. You guys are on YouTube as well, correct? We are, yeah, yeah. See, I follow you guys there, too, and that's how I knew it. I'm not sure if you mentioned it, but I want to make sure that everybody else knows it. Um, Thank you all for joining us. Attic, you know, once again, you, you always put me in the, you always put me around the legends, man. I really do appreciate everything that you've done for me. Um, I'll be back sooner than you think. Um, The Last of Us video is coming up. Um. Another Turtles video is coming up when the Konami collection releases or when the Kyle Bunga collection releases via Konami. So I look forward to that. And uh, I'm about to really have some fun and I'm about to really a, push for a thousand subs this year on YouTube. Yes, sir. I'm going to be playing that Turtles game at PAX this year. Oh, man, don't rub it in my face, yeah, though. I'm, don't I'm do a, that to me. I'm, I'm going to try to try try to, try to to get you a code, man. I'm going to talk to the uh, devs try to get you a code. Is this bet, a Ninja I appreciate Turtles it. game? Yeah, yeah uh, Shredder's Revenge, yeah. Nice. Game I'm, I'm gonna year, link it to your way. video. I'll be yeah, like, look, man, he makes content, everything. Right. Man. Let's That's get right. hustle a code, man. Let's. let's I'm, gonna, I'm gonna Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> is it? When man. does it come out? I'll have to. I'll have to try to review it. Well, Maybe well, I we can don't, start. Well, no, yeah. Um, they announced um in the I think it was PlayStation's State of Play. I think I'm not sure, but they they showed a trailer, but and they showed some gameplay, but they didn't announce. Uh, they showed the year of 2022. But they didn't announce a date, and they also okay. showed the year for the uh, Konami uh, for the Kyle Bunga collection, which is twenty twenty two. But they haven't announced the date. All right. Well, it, I have a rule that if they give me a year but not a date, it it's not coming out. As far as I'm concerned, you know, what I mean, they gotta Tram give Stone. me that. They, they, they oh. at least have to give me a month, or it's twenty twenty three. Especially That's just my they, rule. I, I'm a little bit more linger if it's like spring twenty twenty two or something like that, because I feel like they they a pick quarter, the beginning a, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's a good point. But if they that's say holiday twenty twenty two, I'm like, that's twenty twenty three. No, dude, that's twenty twenty three. Yeah, I didn't even or, say if they, that. or if, if they just say the year, that's pretty <laughs> sus in my book. That's like, all right, dude, you're probably coming out twenty twenty three. So yeah, I'll, I'll uh, ask Dan if I can review it next year. Well, how about that? I look forward to. I look forward to the review. Let's go. But yeah, and this is addict. You know, we definitely catch the IOP this week. Let me check and see if we have a guest. I obviously ain't gonna tell you the guest because Cognito would kill me <laughs> if I told you the guest. He keeps it secret. Huh? We we you think we, he'd want to cross pollinate on your other shows. Yeah, but <laughs> we like to keep that like exclusive. Uh, we are having so. Uh, I don't know if he's officially coming. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna say that because uh, I don't know. Because sometimes yeah. when we have certain people from companies on, we don't know if they're coming on as like an official part of that company. That makes sense, like. Like sometimes right. there have been people in the past. I like, look, I can come on, but I can't come on as a part of the company, and we can't really talk anything about the company uh, because mm. you know PR is sometimes, especially going into like around this E3 kind of timeline. Certain companies are very strict on like interactions with, especially podcasts. You guys don't realize how hard it is to get some of these companies like Microsoft, Sony, Nintendo to allow executives and people like that to come on live. Because they For usually sure. don't like live. They like pre-recorded where they can check to make sure nothing crazy went down. For sure. But, you know, I appreciate everyone coming through, man. You could definitely uh, follow all these people on Twitter. Uh, you know, um, I will put them in the description below. You can find me on Twitter, too, at LordAddictIOP. We'll be back next week. Uh, I, I think I, I have another guest uh, in mind. I'm going to tell him Eastern, though. Uh, definitely, I'm gonna tell him. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> have me on again, and I'll be here for the whole show. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, yes, sir. You was, uh, yes, sir. we'll definitely get you back on. I mean, you was pretty much for the whole show. We were literally just 
just talked about who we wanted to make games for like the first yeah, 20, 30 just... minutes of the show. Uh, but I appreciate you nice. for coming through, man. And until next time, this is Gaming Addict. Hustle, motivate, and travel.